Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm Shana. Yeah, yo, I'm the chameleon here. <laughs> welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's another episode of Carpool Rugby League, everybody. And, uh, well, we're in fine form today. We've got Graham here. Shano's there in the chameleon. He's it's, changing colours left, right, and centre. It's good to be center. back. It's good to be back with you. Um, yeah, it's good to have you back, Shano. How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, yeah you, you know, de- dentist, mate. Yeah, de- no, lucky my dentist. My dentist is on point. He's a, he's a, he's a champion. He, he, uh, it's just, you know, whenever you go... You're sort of buggered for the next couple of hours. So anyway, no, it's all good. We heard so you got the, um, three weeks for knocking your teeth out. Pearly whites are yeah. okay. Is that about the going rate of the judiciary? You get a yeah, visit right. from the two fairy shade. Oh uh, yeah, I wish. I wish. Mind you, um, mind you, uh, we'll talk about in uh, I suppose the tidbits. But yeah, when you talk about things being busted, um, poor Andrew Fafita. That's uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about it later, but geez, thank God he's okay. Yeah, definitely one to talk about. And obviously, uh, it's never good to see, um, you know, real, really serious injuries. And as you said, we'll, we'll have a bit of a chat about that in a moment. I'm sure that's one of Shano's tidbits today. Um, at the end of the day, rugby league is just a game. And there are a lot of people that make up that game and a lot of people doing it tough at the moment for various reasons. And there are also some teams that are doing it tough and some teams that are absolutely flying. So we might as well keep everyone up to date with what's been going on in uh, rugby league land. Uh, first thing that we normally love to do is give you an update in regards to what's happened on the paddock over the past week. So going back to round 22, we had the Storm on Thursday night defeat the Raiders 26 points to 16. The Penrith Panthers continued their great run 34 to 16 over the Dragons on Friday. Uh, the Roosters, in a, well, we'll call it an entertaining and interesting uh, game against the Broncos there at Suncorp. Griffo, we, we talked about last week being a close one, and it definitely was. 21 20, uh, the final score there. The Roosters getting the chocolates after the lead changed a few times in the last few minutes. The Rabbitohs continue their uh, point scoring record. I think that's now eight games in a row where they've scored eight. over 30 points, which is eight a new games record. in a row. It's an NRL record. Never been done in the history of the uh, NRL. Yeah, history of rugby league. So not just the NRL. Yeah, not just the NRL era. Yep. It's since 1908. Yeah, so uh, we're seeing more records being broken uh, by the Rabbitohs. They've also equaled another record with that win. Um, well, when I say equal to record, they've equaled the record. Been of, around for, for well, nineteen eighty nine, they won. Oh, was the last been, time they won well, ten in a row. Been, and the record, the thirty point record, that's been around. Well, that was eons. That was. Yeah. Uh, I think the seven in a row one was when Nazareth beat Kana in that classic match <laughs> where Jesus kicked the field goal from fifty five out. So yeah, um, unfortunately, yeah. couldn't replicate it the following week when they beat when they went down to Bethlehem, but they they did all right. Oh, look, I'll tell you what, though. There was plenty of wine back at the clubhouse afterwards. I never ain't seen so many records broken. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. That's right. That's steamroller right. has not, come not into things. the NRL and just breaking all the records. 
not since not Too since there weren't not since there weren't enough plates at the last Jewish wedding I went to. No, I yeah, think we right. need Square Dance Caller to make some more records. That's right. There's so many records being broken. That's right. I haven't seen so many records being broken until uh until the well well since the BGs went disco, but that's another story for another day. Um look, West Tigers got a win on the weekend over the Cowboys, twenty-four to sixteen. Another team that's just absolutely flying high um, are the Manly Seagulls, 56 points to 10. That slide that we've predicted for weeks, fellas, with Parramatta continues to happen. Yeah, they're not flying. That's, that's, it's, it's so apt that one mascot has wings and the other lives in the water. Yeah, the other one, fair income, uh, is below, below the surface. Below the surface. Below the surface. Below the surface. Yeah. It's just, it's even the mascots. It's uh, bottom uh, feeder at the moment, that team. Bottom feeders. Right. There's yeah. nothing electric about those eels. Yeah, no. No, that's definitely an um an LGA of concern, Parramatta, for more reasons <laughs> than one. Uh, the Warriors got a 24-10 to 10 win over the uh, Canterbury Bulldogs. I'm not going to recycle the joke I just did because the people in uh, those areas have uh, had a tough time. But um, the final game of the week, the Knights... Uh, narrowly defeating the Sharks 16 points to 14. And if you were like myself, that was the one I was sitting there sweating on for the full round. And uh, mm. I know the tipsters had a pretty good one last week because it's the first time in a long time that all of the so-called favourites uh, got up last week. So we're starting to um, starting to see the, the competition shuffle and even out a little bit. Mm. Now, after those results last week, fellas... Um, the ladder. We have the Storm out on f- in front on 40 points. The Panthers and the Rabbitohs, who play each other this week, and that's going to be a big talking point of the podcast, not just because of the uh, the allegiances of the uh, hosts, but also to the fact that it is an absolute blockbuster and it'll tell us a lot going into the finals. Panthers and Rabbitohs on 38. So what I can and tell you... locked in Eddie. Yes, so what three. I can tell you Locked is, in Eddie. Even mathematically, for these top three, the best each team could finish is first. Now, realistically, the Storm are probably going to have that. But uh, none of these three teams can finish below third position. So the top three, uh, all they're really playing for now is the is the order within the top three. So uh, from then on, we have the Roosters currently holding fourth position on 30. The Seagulls are in fifth position on 28. And the Parramatta Eels are also on 28. Now, those three teams there, the Roosters, the Seagulls, and the Eels, they are also guaranteed to finish 4th, 5th, and 6th. What they're playing for in these final rounds is what order that happens in. All three teams can still make the top four. So the Roosters, Seagulls, and Eels will finish 4th, 5th, and 6th. It's just up to them and how they go over the next few weeks as to what order that is with all three playing for a top four position. We then have a similar situation um, going down the ladder and we've been talking all year about the congestion in the middle here. So we have in seventh spot, the Knights on 22. We have in eighth spot, the Titans on 20. That rounds out the eight. For and against is the only thing keeping the Raiders out of the top eight. They're on 20 points in ninth position. The Sharks are on 18 in 10th. 
We then have the Dragons also on 18 in 11th. The Warriors also on 18 in 12th. The Tigers also on 18 in 13th position. So what that basically tells us is that from 7th down to 13th, these teams are still alive for a final spot. So the Knights, Titans, Raiders, Sharks, Dragons, Warriors, and Tigers all still a chance of making the top eight. The teams that we can officially put a line through who mathematically cannot make the top eight are the Cowboys in 14th on 14, the Broncos in 15th on 12, and we can now confirm that the Bulldogs will get the wooden spoon and they will stay in 16th for the rest of the year. So Griffo, we're basically seeing, as we've been saying over the last few weeks, the fight between the Rooster Seagulls and Eels for the top four spot, and then, as I said, that other group of teams. There are a lot of teams still in contention here, plenty to keep an eye on, even if you aren't the top teams. Uh, there's two spots in the eight up for grabs that haven't been sewn up. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Graham. Uh, I want to make a comment about uh, what I think uh, fourth and fifth, they ain't going to make a whole lot of difference because you come in fourth and you're going to play the Melbourne Storm in the first week of the finals. Uh, you're, ain't, you're not winning that game, I don't think. You come in fifth, you're playing uh, possibly the Titans, maybe the Raiders. Um, you come in fifth, you're, you're beating those teams. You're playing week two as well. So I, I don't see a lot of difference between four and five uh you're going to be around at least till the second week of the finals uh where i see that there may be some difference the team it looks like the newcastle knights they look like they're going to play the Parramatta eels uh and i think they can actually beat the Parramatta eels um but you know uh things can change i just don't see too much change um uh, and I think the Newcastle Knights, uh, who've got a pretty soft drawer, I think they're going to uh, stay in seventh spot. They're going to come up against the Eels. And I think they, they're they going to give themselves a big chance at playing in week two this year. I don't know what you think about that, but uh, that's just what I think. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, you'd have to say that two-point advantage currently that the Knights have over say the titans and the raiders is a massive plus it is really hard because if you take those teams that i mentioned from 7th through to 13th so the knights titans raiders sharks dragons warriors tigers so they're the teams that are all still alive tell me one of those teams that's consistent enough for you to be able to predict what they're going to do in the next few weeks shane because it's really tough uh <laughs> There's a hard question. No, I can't. You, you can't, uh, can seriously. you? You just don't know and what you can't get. I think, well, I think this year, and Griffo raised a really good point. Um, and and I I'd like to touch it because I can't to, to answer your question. Yeah. just straight out, Gray. So, I can't. There's plenty um, to watch and plenty to play for, and to look, be excited. There is most definitely. Look, and we know that the final eight is a new competition. So you know, like if you want to you want to play by those rules, well then. Okay, getting the eight. I think Griffo makes a good point. And I, I, I was looking at that today. If you finish fourth, mm. 
you go to play the Storm and, and, and look, I'm not going to say go and play the Storm and lose, but you're probably going to lose. You Then going into your next game with a loss, if you finish fifth, you're going to win that game against a team of pure inconsistency. Mm. So you're going into the next game with a win under your belt. I know that nine out of ten times, you the cream the rises. We get the top four in the last four ga- in the last two games, and it, and it's fine. It's just this year's so different. Like, there's no such thing as home ground advantage. Um, uh, there's, you know, there's, there's, it's it's a different feel. There's different things going on, mind you. Winning still matters. Um, the other thing is, there's a lot of teams that how winning games on the trot. Like, you know, like you've got a lot of teams going into the finals who, who are putting back-to-back wins and things in, and you just wonder where's the next loss. Um, so it's, I think, uh, all I can safely say is is South Sydney, Penrith, um, and I know that Penrith have had some games in the last few weeks, but now they've got Cleary back, they're a different beast. But South Sydney, Penrith, Storm, and Manly are the four informed teams in this competition. That's all I can say. Everyone else is really rocks and diamonds. The Roosters play well, but I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I look at where the Roosters' position is. They can tick the boxes to, to get in the top four. Tommy Turbo, what's the longevity there? What's going on there? Um, yeah, it's all I can say really is if you want to look at the team list this week, and you want to look at who who's going on the field, who we think's going on the field, the Melbourne Storm, Penrith Panthers, and South Sydney Rabbitohs—they're they're the three teams um, with Manly coming in behind them. Uh, look, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that, that I think everything outside of those four teams really. Mm. there's not enough consistency there to even remotely think of who's going to be there. And the interesting thing is, like, as, as, as you guys said, it's, it's, it's a big, um, like, it's all about psychology. And I'm going to talk about that a lot later, especially when we talk about South and Penrith. And I don't want to get into it now, but just to give you a bit of a, bit of a teaser, last week, you know, Griffo mentioned that, um, you know, both those teams would probably rather win that game first week of the finals as opposed to say this one, the psychology of it, like, and I was talking about being from a Rabbitohs fan saying, well, we haven't beaten the Panthers or the, the Storm. The psychology is South have to win this to show that they're a contender. Normally Graham, we would say... Graham, can I add to that? Yeah. If South don't win that, that means the last three outings against Penrith, they've lost. Mm. So it's a the big... The next psych- one, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I think that... Yeah, yeah, look at look at look at look at Canberra against Melbourne. Yeah, and that's the the point I'm making is the psychological advantage is is worth a lot as well. Usually, you would say coming in the top four, there's that boost going into the finals. But you make an interesting point, fellas, that if you lose, if you come fourth, you've got the hardest game in the finals. You really do. You're playing the top team. Now, if you come fifth. You've got the easiest game in the finals. The way no. the competition... Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know no. what I mean? The easiest game in the finals is playing Barra. 
That's right. Yes, and, and quite often, and Look, quite, you make a good point there, Griff, because quite often that eighth side, and this year's totally different. In, in years gone by, the informed team usually slips into the eight because they've had this late flash home. Mm. We haven't seen that this year. We haven't seen that bottom. That para team. 09. Yeah, no, but you always see it. Like you think about the teams that just missed the eight too. You know where they've 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 had a horrendous start to the year, and then they win their last six from eight. This always happens. A team will win that that chunk of games. Mm. This year that 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 hasn't happened, and I think it hasn't happened because a lot of those teams around that bubble have played the top teams. They've played the Penrith. They've played the South. They've played the Storm. They've played the Roosters and they've played Manly. And 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 they haven't sort of been able to get that foothold. Look at I, I think back a few weeks ago when when St. George was going the St. George game was going to be the bogey game for South Sydney. You know, people were saying, oh, they'll be upset left, right, and center. And at the end of the day, it, the only upset that round that wasn't even an upset was that the um the Raiders beat beat Para. If you look at what Para's done, hindsight, since, that's not really an upset, is it? That's that's not. And the, the, that's where I thought, and I've mm. got to be honest with you, boys. I thought um, the Raiders would have flashed home. Yeah, I, I was expecting by now the Raiders to have been storming into that eight and going far out. I do not want to be the side playing this team. They're going to finish finish maybe seventh. I don't want to be the side playing them and then the losing top side playing them because that's dangerous. Yeah. That's and not that's, there this year. And that's, t- that's tough in a sense, like going back to, to my point in regards to the psychology of it because you guys have kind of touched on it. The way the draw works with the finals. Now, if you have your teams one to eight, let's say hypothetically you've got the same eight teams you've got now, just to, just to prove a point. Um, the Roosters are currently fourth, so they would play mm-hmm. the Storm in week one. Now, the Seagulls, who are fifth currently, they would play the Titans at the moment, okay? That's not not yep. super relevant. We would expect the top four teams to win, um, yeah, and, and, the, and, and fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth to lose. If we're expecting that the way the finals are set up, what happens in the second week is that team that came fourth and loses would play the team that came fifth and wins. Yeah. So, looking at the table as it is now with the Roosters in fourth, if, if they lost to the Storm in the first week and the Seagulls uh, won in the first week, uh, playing out of fifth spot, the Roosters would first the Seagulls the following week um, in, the, in, the, in the second week of the finals. The point you guys are making, which the listeners at home need to really think about, who's going to have mo- more momentum going into that game? A Roosters right. team that got done by the Storm or a Seagulls mm. team that... But Manly have had more momentum throughout the last eight weeks. And that's it. If you swap those positions, if Manly go down to the Storm and the Roosters get a good win over the Titans, are the Roosters then taking that momentum into that game? Yeah, and that's... I think. Does a win mean more than a top... Does a win in week one mean more than a top four finish? That's what I'm debating here. Nine out of ten times... No, not nine out of ten times. That's a lie. Um, Six out of ten times, it doesn't matter. You know, you look at those times where it does, um, you know, like, well, last year, uh, South Sydney, what they finished? Sixth? 
Uh, no, they finished fifth. Fifth or sixth? One they of finished those. sixth and they played the they played, Knights they week played one. They played Knights week one and yep. then played Me- uh, the Para week two and dusted both of those sides. Mind you, then played Penrith and Lost. They come up against the real... And that's what we're going to... Yeah. That'll be the story of one of the bottom four teams this but year. But I will say this. Teams. Yeah, yeah. And the, and, and the bottom four is, teams in the eight. I think a bigger question here is, Gray, losing's one thing, buying another week of rest is another. It's very rare that teams that have that week off lose. Mm. Look, I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah, it is. That's, that's the other it key. It was different in the it's old not, days, but these yeah, days you're right, Shane. The, yeah, it is. It, it's but, very it, rare that under this new system, under the current yeah. system, if you, mm. if you win in that first week, you've got one more game to the GF, you've got a week off, you're fresh, you're pumped, you're in. Oh, I, I just, I just think if, you know, and this is where you look at South will play Penrith uh, in week one, and and you just look at it and you go, I know that you know these are these are two exceptional sides. That's why this week's game is so important to look at because that Massive. week off is so important. I, Especially I, with players I, with niggling injuries, if you've got a, and a Brian Toto coming look, back, we know that Cleary. We don't want to put too many miles on him. Souths have about three coming back from injury this week. Yep. They're... There have been there have been sides in the past that have buggered it up. Um look, not not to put the boot Penrith have buggered it up. Souths have buggered it up. Where they've had the week off and it didn't work for them. They but lost that nine momentum. out of ten times you need that week off. All I'm gonna say before we move on, fellas, if the Seagulls come fit, yes. beware of the informed Seagulls that are playing finals every week yeah. and build that momentum. I reckon that's the concern. I don't, I don't think that'll be the case, though. I think they're going to come fourth. They've got a soft draw. Yeah. The Roosters are going yeah. to drop the game against the Rabbitals. So those two will swap spots. I'd, I'd yeah. also Only be interested thing... to see what whether if Turbo if Turbo plays this week, that, that could be a, a thing because we're hearing a lot of mixed reports about whether he's going to play uh, or not. They're naming him. I don't think he'll play, but... My my thing I is I still this. think they win without him. Oh they yeah, they should. My thing is this, have a look, have a look in the last round. Because if you're got if you've got to play so like okay, Melbourne Storm, Penrith Panthers, South Sydney. I, I don't know what sides they're gonna field, but geez, you know what I mean? Like it's you, you look at the the top three teams aren't gonna field the the teams that they they yeah. That they want to feel. You'd think it'd be that an they, opportunity they to rest players. players. They're, they're going to rest players. It's a great opportunity. That's the thing about the next things down. Will teams, after the top three, go, you know what? I don't care about finishing fourth. I'd rather rest a group of players who have these niggling injuries for a week and play them week one. Like finals are a new competition. Do you, do you want to know the interesting thing about that concept of, and we talked about it a little while back, and I'll just refresh your memory. We talked about the not, uh, the, the Eels, sorry, the Parramatta Eels and where they'd finish. They play um, the Storm in round 24 and Penrith round 25. Right. Every Eels fan has just listened to that, Shane, and they're praying that they rest players because that, yeah, that's they, a tough run into the what, finals. Penrith, I, I would expect it. And you know what? If I was the Eels and Clint Gutherson 
Like, look what happened to Reed Marnie the other one. I'm serious. I'd be like saying to people like Clint Gutherson, mate, you're sitting out for a week. Next week, we need you to run 200 metres. And look, I'll the be honest. Next week, not this yeah. week. And We're I'll be honest with you. Final this week. We're winning one next week. Are we Are we just about, before we move on? Uh, There's no home ground advantage. That's what's... That's that, the thing, in yes. In some ways, that's the beauty of this competition. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to... Yeah. And, and you know what? And that's something, too, that we can talk about when it comes to it. We know the Storm are going to most likely finish, finish first. Without a big, you know, string of upsets, um, that's going to happen. We can... Mm. We could almost say after Friday night, we'd have just about confirmed who's going to finish second. It's a battle for second and third. It's bragging rights on Friday yep. night. The home yep. ground advantage, we know the Storm are a great team, but if you're that team coming fourth, I think that glimmer of hope, that positive thing is that you don't have to go to Melbourne and play them. You're probably playing them at Suncorp, which I know it's almost like a home ground to them, isn't yep. it? They haven't lost yep. in Queensland for years. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I'm and, trying to give the fans something to be excited other, about. But, but to look at it, the fourth place side will probably either be coached by Desi or coached by Trent Robinson. They've got not a Brad massive, Arthur. No, <laughs> or Brad got Fittler, maybe in years no, to They've got a kit bag of tricks. They've got a kit bag of tricks that, you know, come finals time, yeah, they've been there before. They know what they're doing. Now, that, that, when Desi got the Dolphs oh, oh, to the grand final yep. you know, twice, it, it, you know, he, I, I think their kit bag, no, that's bigger than Santa's stack. Um, <laughs> take your kit. Um, so, yeah. There's a quote for you. Bigger than Santa's sack. Take your pick on which one. The only one that's more excited about that than us is Mrs. Claus. But what we might do, Shane, is um, look. There's there's plenty going on, as we said. That's on the field. There's plenty happening. There's some um some stuff mm. to talk about there. And basically, just before we move on from that onto Shano's tidbits, I think, fellas, what we can agree is that basically, officially, there's only three teams that are that are done, which are the Cowboys, Broncos, Bulldogs. They're playing for pride. The positive we've got yeah. to take out of this is basically teams 1 through 13, there's still something for their fans to be excited about this week and to keep listening to us and to keep watching the football because um, it, it'll be really, really good to see how this all plays out and there's still plenty for us to learn and to find out about this competition. And speaking about learning and finding out things, it's time for Shano's Tidbits. What's going on, Shane? Well, rugby league world, rugby league land. Um, well, to begin with, the NRL have basically stated that uh, once your obligations to play rugby league are over, you are back to New South Wales or your city of where you live. Uh, that will be governed by uh, relevant laws in your individual state. So you might have to isolate for... 14 days, get your COVID tests and whatnot. A lot of NRL players are a bit unhappy by this. Apparently, there was a backroom negotiation before they went to Queensland, which stated that they could hang around until the duration of the competition. That is until the grand final's over. 
Now, you're probably thinking, who cares? What's this matter? Well, what matters is there are a lot of people who live in the LGAs in New South Wales that are mm. under really strict restrictions at the moment. And if they, if their obligations to rugby league end at the end of the season round-wise, it means they have to go back, isolate, then live under the restrictions of their LGAs, which is definitely... Uh, without the freedoms that they share currently, even though they're in a bubble, because basically you can't go anywhere. So basically they've said, well, we're in a bubble here. Oh, Why don't we stay here in Queensland if they're going to sort of what a state-enforced bubble there? So there's a lot of issues. The NRL actually had negotiations uh, recently to actually bin dead rubber matches. In other words, if a match was not going to influence the top eight, it would be suspended. Um, it just goes to show how much money the NRL is spending on, 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 on games at the moment. And that money may not be uh, being replicated in revenue. Uh, when they've looked at it consequently, there is no games. Uh, there are no games or there is a very minimal amount of games that would be that where that would happen because like Graham said earlier, only three teams are below the line of where they can't do anything. So therefore um, it looks like at this stage, every game will go ahead right through till the end of the season. They were actually talking about even in the last round, if it had no bearing on the top eight, it would not be played. So um, as, as, it, as, as an option to try and save money from this, um, basically the NRL can't afford anyone to stay in Queensland. And unfortunately the players were under the assumption that they could stay till the end of the grand final. Um, it looks like the NRL, whilst people are upset, the NRL will win out effectively. Once your obligations to the NRL and you must go home um, and going home, for a lot of people, that might mean you're going back to an LGA of concern. Look at a club like the Bulldogs. Yep, that, and, and that's the problem. Most that's of them what, would live in LGA you know, of concern for sure. And, 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 you know, Marsden Park in around that, you know, that, that Black look Town. Of, Most of, of Western of, Sydney and southwestern Sydney. Right, that's right. Uh, a lot of people are it's, living. Uh, I listened to Gladys today. I don't normally listen to the, but I did today. And um, a lot of those suburbs of most concern you know whatever the today's date is the 18th or whatever it, it is, is um were part of the canterbury bankstown and the Parramatta area yeah. places like the merit mentioned uh, maryland's guildford yeah um yeah yaguna auburn uh, i don't know how many the NRL guys live in those places, but they, they, they fall into the Canterbury and Parramatta. You think zones. West Tigers might even have a lot of players? In yeah, some the of other one was the biggest areas. problem is is a lot mm. of the new the new areas around Marsden Park. They affect them. Yeah. Uh, the Penrith's going to be there on Grand Final Day, boys. So. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. So the thing they is, going to knock off Melbourne what, the week before, don't they? they? You know, possibly. <laughs> From what we understand, it, there seems to have been a miscommunication there. Um, as you can rightly think, Foxtel doesn't want to see any game cancelled. So yeah. it's it, it really is about trying to see uh, who foots the bill and, and what's affordable. Um, 
As we mentioned earlier, there were two injuries during the week which which caught the headlines. The first one of Tommy Turbo. Uh, it was mm. it was revealed on now he's actually got a plate. So where he was hit, yeah, but he's actually prior, got it's a already there. Plate there already. Mm. So uh, at first, a lot of people thought, well, that's or well, at first, Manly and everyone thought, well, that's all right. It's, it's hit the metal plate. Probably going to hurt the other guy's head more. What was leaked? out of after the game and after scans was that the actual fact there was damage around the plate and, and things had moved and Graham, you'd know more about this than me, that the plate had moved things and bone had moved and that was an issue and it could actually require resetting. Now, if that's the case, even if it required resetting, it would be minimal amounts of time. He could play with it, you know, Basically, you screw it in and you play like with the classic Dave Taylor quite a few years ago where he broke his collarbone and rather than it being reset, it was actually screwed together with titanium. He was out there two weeks later because basically... Tightening the bolts. Yeah, it was... Tightening the bolts. You're going in for a tune-up. That's right, tightening the bolt. Uh, So screws it should be. So there's a lot of confusion because at first... At first, if the initial stories come through and come true, he wouldn't be like first game of the finals. He'd be lucky. Now, he's being named this week, whether it's cat and mouse, people don't know. What Manly are very, very uh, sketchy on is the details. So they're not saying yay to or nay to anything. I think it's the first little bit of finals cat and mouse we're seeing. Uh, I don't think he'll play this week. I wouldn't play him this week. Uh, but definitely it's probably watch this space. If, you, if you're putting your tip based on Tommy Turbo and look who they're playing this week, you probably pick Manly anyway. If you're picking, if you look doing your picks according to Tommy Turbo, well, he could be a week-by-week prospect. Um, it's, it's interesting to see. If, if the initial pl- thoughts are true, well, Finishing fifth for them has massive implications because they're not 100% sure he'd be right for round one. If they did lose round one and they finished fifth, they'd be out the back door. So um, that's where the big implications are there. I think they're probably going to flash home fourth anyway. So brings me back onto another injury and someone who did have some serious concerns was Andrew Fafita. Mm. He was placed in an induced coma um, it was really unclear what had happened. All we know is he'd sort of taken a massive hit and uh, he was indu- he put in an induced coma so he could uh, recover. What it's since, and, and look, on the field, he was in some distress. What it has since uh, come out is that he broke his larynx. Um, I, you know, like I've only been hit in the Adam's apple before and that kills like there's no tomorrow. If that was broken, I don't know what I would do. He broke it. Thankfully, he underwent surgery. It was successful. He's looking to make a full-scale recovery. He may talk like Darren Lockyer. We don't know. But, um, look, that was scary. And um, anyone that needs to be put in an induced coma, that's, that's not taken lightly. It did get me thinking. I was on my walk yesterday, and it did get me thinking. Um, I think you're the only the... one of us that's been in an induced coma, Shana. Yes, I've been in one. <laughs> yeah, that's, 
I'll tell you what, yeah, that you, whilst yeah, whilst you have no idea, it's not great for people around you, and um, that's true. Yeah, it's it's um, it goes to show that the that the over, you know, the control that we've got now on high shots, on things like shoulder charges. You can talk to me about a hundred things that have gone right and why that we should have them. This is one example of why they should be banned. And I think that after seeing something like this, the the I think I think it's I think they've got it right. Now I, I was an advocate many years ago. Why are we banning shoulder charges? Look, it's things like this. We'd see more and more of these types of injuries, more and more of these things coming through. One of the things I do know is that um, this isn't bad luck. It happens because of a catalyst, and the catalyst is the hit. Um, so thankfully, he's all right. And, um, you know, probably, you know, if no one knows Andrew Fafita, uh, go back, uh, look at the grand final, probably known for scoring one of the, one of the best forward tries in a grand final. Um, you know, where he snuck under to, to score that try against Melbourne. That was phenomenal. Um, and look, he's 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 going to be okay. That's the main thing. Um, yeah, I think a lot of my other bits will be bought up during the games, boys. That'll do me this week for the tidbit. Now, just uh, just before we move on, I just want to make comment firstly mm-hmm. about Shane's tidbits. First thing is. Uh, Andrew Fafita has never been so loved in his whole life, I don't think. <laughs> um, That's true. Like, you know, he's 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 been a controversial figure, but but to a man and woman, everyone has only wished him well. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, you know, <clears throat> like he he has done some some crazy things. But yes. you forget about that. You just care mm. about him as a human, as a father, as a husband. You know. Yeah. Um, and and sure. you just you just want the man to be well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and it's good to hear that you know uh, the surgery did go well. We just wish him all the very best. Um, the other thing is, Shano brought up the point about teams um, eliminated after the after round 25 want to stay up in Queensland um, and the NRL, you know, Ooh. having to pay for that. Well, number one, the, the NRL, they, they've, they've paid out plenty already. Oh, I agree. Um, I fully agree. I, I respect the rights of every one of those players and their families to stay in Queensland, but you want to do it, you pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, you know, your work is done. Um, yeah. You want an end-of-season holiday in Queensland? Do it. Yeah. But you pay for it. You know it's what the, the NRL's thing. responsibility. I agree. And the choice might be there and they might say, look, I want to extend my stay. That's fine. Yeah. You know what yeah. I think this yeah. – and you know yeah, the first thing I thought of, Griffo, you know the first thing I thought of with this, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, because the first thing that entered my mind was Mad Monday. And I thought, oh, don't tell me, don't tell me that we're going down there. Like, you're lucky you to have had a competition. You're lucky to have played. Cut your losses. 
yet you've had you've had a season and this is out of the ordinary. You know what? I want to see I want to see you three guys. I want to I want to oh, go. Yeah. I want to see you three. I, live, I can't I live, see you three. I can I only get we can five zoom. k's from you, Shane, and I haven't I, seen you in months. Live, we live <laughs> five k's away, and we can't see each other. No, I can't see my family. So this whole idea that if a mad Monday comes up, I I will crack it mm. as a footy fan because you know what? Yes, you've given up a lot. My concern also but too you're is playing your, you're playing your sport, you're doing your job, you've got a job, you've done it. Go yeah. home. Do you know what the concern is too with the Mad Monday, Shane? I hadn't even contemplated that until you've just mentioned it. That was the it. first thing that hit in my head when but I said players are upset. Because the NRL what? were actually talking about, look, you lose on Saturday, you're home on Sunday. Because they can't afford another day. Mate, you will have, as soon as the final round is played, right? Now, normally you have, as always, round 25 finishes Sunday. Monday, you've got eight teams on Mad Monday. Now, you have to be a total fool to think that once the season ends, that these yeah. blokes, the players, one plus about it is that the players amongst clubs are great friends. Not only are you going to have Mad Monday where one club's in one city, one club's here, you're going to have eight teams. Oh, it's dumb. Just don't do it. In one Just city. Don't do it. And they're all mates. They're all going to, it, it, that's, that's something to keep an eye on. I, I think, that's that's fraught with danger, isn't it? It's just yeah. like I get it. You've worked your ass off. You know what? Everyone they does. deserve to let their hair down. Every you know and everyone listening is having it, a Christmas party this year. Do it when it's appropriate. Do it right. Do, do it, it right. right. Do it when it's appropriate. We're not yep. saying we're not misers. No. Like you know, we we all we all like to have fun, but do it when it's appropriate. Mm, interesting to see how it plays out. Plan to keep our eye on there, Shano. As always, uh, another bloke that's keeping his eye on things is Griffo, so we'll uh, head over to the Chameleon for Griffo's Grab. Grab your eye this week, mate. Yeah, grab my eye um, is a guy called Ruben Garrick um, from the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Yep. Um, He grabbed my eye. Uh, without looking at the stats, and I, I've got, I'll give you the stats soon. But that's not We're a big fan of him at the show. Big yeah, fan. Look, he was outstanding in that game, um, where Manly just completely dominated the Eels. Um, there was a try that Manly scored. Uh, it might have been second play after kickoff, where they spread the ball wide. Went out to, to Garrick, I think, on the left side. And he ran downfield. He uh, he just trampled over Gutherson um, as if he wasn't there. Then he palmed off Moses to finish off the try. Um, that was the, the thing in the weekend that most caught my eye. But he, uh, he scored three tries in the game. The first one, I think, was just a matter of catch and uh, and score, run maybe ten meters. Then there was that that one where he he actually he didn't even score that try when he went down the, the left hand side. I think he passed to someone. Um, but he had two other tries. One of them uh, where in the second half, uh, Turbo did a might have even been almost a no look pass, and Garrick had to 
stretch back to get the ball and, and then run to the line. Um, he's a really good finisher. Uh, mm. and, and to talk about some of the stats out of that game, and it's not, again, it's not the stats that, that caught my eye. It was what I saw um, with his, his great play on the wing. But he, um, he scored 28 points for the game, made up of three tries and eight conversions. Um, he's now, I think he broke the Manly club point scoring record for a season um, with, with his effort last week. Um, to go, it might have been Matthew Ridge who heard, held the previous record. Correct. There's still three games to go, and, and he's going to smash that record. Yeah, and we probably, talked about yeah. smashing records early. Everyone's doing it. Um, so he ran for 186 meters. Uh, he made five line breaks. Now that's a that's a very large number of line breaks. Now, granted, I think maybe two of those might have been tries where he didn't have to actually, you know, he just had to catch and run to the line. I, I don't like that being classified as a line break, but even yeah. if you take those two out, you still had three legitimate line Even if breaks. you do that over three weeks, it's a good stat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he had a try assist in there as well. That would have been the one where he went down the left-hand side and passed inside. I can't remember who scored that try, but, um, but he set it up. Six tackle breaks. Um, so he had a, he had a day out or a night out as it was, um, up in, uh, I'm not sure where that game was that at uh, Redcliffe or no, the Sunday games were at Redcliffe, uh, wherever it was in Queensland, uh, mm-hmm. he entertained the crowd, the crowd. Sunshine of, Coast. So it was Sunshine Coast. Yeah. Well, uh, it was not so sunny for the opposition, but, uh, but for the, <laughs> 3,613 supporters who turned up, uh, they saw just an absolute powerhouse performance from the Eagles. And uh, uh, unfortunately, the opposition, they, uh, they had a night to forget. Um, but yeah, Ruben Garrick for me this week and uh, well played him and uh, well played Manly again. It says a fair bit when you when you think that you look at how successful over previous seasons, and sometimes we've got to go back decades. But you know, you you talked about Ruben Garrick. He's he's broken the record for the most points in a season by a seagull. Not you know, we're going back to that that great team of the nineties there with with Matt Ridge to break that record. That really says something. And I know he's a, they're scoring a lot of points and he's the goal kicker. And people will say, yeah, well, if I kick goals for the Seagulls, I'd have a lot of points. But the thing to add to that, Shano, is the fact that, like Griffo said, oh. he's making line breaks. He is He's a breakout star of this season. We we bought... Well, I, 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 I'll disagree with you with one thing there, Grant, when saying he's a breakout star. When I go back to his debut and look at his debut season, he was doing all this then. He just needed one solid season under his belt as the goal kicker, uh, a solid season under his belt where he was cementing his spot in the wing, and 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 he's made it his own. I I've always thought he would be a very very good footballer, and he's proving that right now. Um, he's a, an exceptional goal kicker. He's a, mm. a, a he's a very good finisher. Um, he, the other thing is he's very good at bringing the ball out of the own end. That's where the, you know, for a winger, I, I know when you, no, last line of defence, 
pass out wide, tries a line break. But when when you see, like, in some of his stats, and I like what Griffo said when you look at his stats, if you look at his stats in previous weeks, he he has a number of line breaks that outweigh his that outweigh his um, try his try scoring, which shows you that he can actually break the line general play. Now, for a winger to do that, you know you're talking about there's only a few wingers in the rugby league that do that. You have Brian Tottles, you have Alex Johnson, the guys that bring the ball out who who get the ball and run around or cut back in and break through the line, um, he's he's in that league now. Um, he's he's one of the foremost wingers in rugby league. Um, the key thing for him will be, um, you know, he's done it season on season. This is where it's been big. So this is where I agree with you, Gray. It's been big for him this season. Yeah. Uh, I, I look at Manly and I think their future's looking bright there. Yeah, and, and we've really turned on, oh, you know, with Manly because the start of the year we had a lot of questions about them. We knew that um, Tommy Turbo was going to be the, um, well, if, if, you know, for those who want to, you know, compare it to, say, an awards ceremony, we know he might be uh, getting ready for the Daily M. But if we talk about movies, here's your, here's your uh, you know, your best actor Oscar, so to speak. You got mm. blokes like Ruben Garrick and those coming in saying, you know, the best supporting actor. Like that's that's the type I, of thing. I, I you need those also, players with you to build that yeah. team because one man can't do it. I can I can I this talk about Manly for a tick? Just talking about Manly for a tick. Um, I wouldn't have thought Kieran Foran would do what he's done. There's I, a lot I, of players honestly, at Manly that have done better I, than I people thought, going you know, credit I for. I thought post Coruscant, they're in trouble. And um, when I look at Manly, I think their I think their halves are playing some very good football. I think their forwards are doing good things. My question is this: when a player, when a team applies the blowtorch, will they melt? Mm. That's the thing for me. When 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 a team applies relentless, like. When a, when a team applies relentless forward pack pressure, when the team consistently bends the line, when a team consistently kicks to the corner, when a team consistently does these things, spread the ball wide, that's where Manly, that's where I've got the question marks for Manly. But I, I, there's only probably three or four teams in the comp that could do that. There's only three teams that could three. do it. Three. There's three. only three. I was being kind three. to the Roosters. No, there's only three. And, yeah. If you if you support all the teams below them, you, you're going, geez, I wish my team was like that. I think they're in a really good spot. I think a lot of people didn't give them enough credit. I can't say that I was one of them because I did tip them in the <laughs> you, A and you say they pushed for the forward. You, you had you had had I cop right. so much for that. I gave them no credit. No. Look, but the thing is, it's yeah, anyway, look. But got out. Again, that was my get out jail free card used. Their win loss, I'll tell you where, and I'll, I'll stick up for a screw. I think their win loss ratio with Tommy Turbo, I wouldn't have predicted. I would have said that that with Tommy Turbo, they'll win 65% of their matches. Well, they've, they've only lost one. Do you know what's scary, though, when you look at the whole season? And I mean, obviously, we've got those three teams out in front. 
the Seagulls, as much as we've talked them up, and I know, you know, this is contradicting myself a bit because I've talked them up all year. Oh, we're all about information here, right? They've lost eight games this year. Now, yeah. I mean, the team coming fourth this year has lost seven. It just shows we've got those those brackets, those tiers where there's a cutoff point. What's the top teams? Two and one, two and three. Two and three. Storm have lost two. Panthers mm. have lost three. Rabbitohs have lost three. One in of those most two other teams years, go if you'd lost only three matches, you, your light years ahead of the competition. Yeah. yeah, forty points at one stage was a that's a minor premiership. Uh, Sewn up. Yeah. And I remember there was one year where, you know, there were a few teams on 42. Like, if you're hitting the 40s, you're you're minor premiership contenders. It really goes to show at times this year, the tail's been long. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about junk. We talked about junk before. And really, what's what's the cutoff before you jump? Five. Yeah. (laughs) No, and we said that, didn't we? We said that. We said I think we added it six at one stage, and now yeah. it's five. Yeah. yeah, it's it really is. You know, what's what's what? Talk about Parramatta being thumped in the last month. You yeah. know, they were a like, top four team a few weeks back, and and a lot of listeners were listening to us, our Para fans, going, "Oh, geez, guys, you're not giving Para much credit." They overachieved. They had a good draw. Well, the and the other thing is, out. you talk about South Sydney scoring over 30 points in eight matches. They're a team that's probably conceded over 30 points oh, in, yeah. in nearly the amount of save. So, you know. Yeah, don't worry. Penrith will be looking at their defensive deficiencies. And look, speaking of deficiencies, as always, we go from the highs of rugby league to the lows of rugby league. Uh, it's time. Oh, it's time for my segment. It's Graham's Gap. All right, so fellas, what I've got this week, it's a little bit different. I'm not picking out one specific incident. There were a few, there were a few, um, and I'm going to call it a collective gap, and I need to explain myself here because people will be like, what's he talking about? And look, on Thursday night, there was a part of me that thought, oh, geez, I think a lot of fans thought I might go towards something from the the Brisbane and uh, Roosters game that was a bit chaotic. Yep. Um, but look, what I've gone with are the three players that are facing, um, you know, suspensions of a few weeks this week. There's Harawira Naira, uh, there's Madison, and there's Bradley. Now, I'm not necessarily picking out one of those, nor am I picking out all three of those and saying that they made a major gaffe and that they've made a mistake and they've done this, they've done that. Look, we know that the three pieces of play that those gentlemen were involved with were negative, we've got to get them out of the game, not good. Now, obviously, the Radley one, uh, that one was a penalty. He's facing a, a harsher sentence because of his uh, his previous record. The Harry and Ira one and the Madison one, they were just fair income shots to the head, send-offs. I've got no issue with them. I haven't seen anything as the Harawira and Ira one in the context of the game, like most time when a player gets sent off, you go, why? Why would you do that? Uh, Look, I was not surprised not just that went, That was, it was no, no, and I'm not saying why, why would you send him off? What I'm saying is 
you'd say why to the player who did it. This is the point I'm and also he's, making. I looked at his and I just went, that was so dumb. If you look at most of these, especially, say, the Radley, Harry and Ira, you got close games where there's desperation plays from the player. They went for the big play. They went for the big play and they got it wrong. That's the gaff. The Madison one, he was looking for a big shot. His team was down. He got it wrong. What I'm saying here is there's a fine line between a big play and a gaff. These ones, unfortunately, for these blokes, ended up on the gaff side. All three of them were looking for a big play. Radley charged down the ball. He's a hero. Um, Haru and Naira, they're what within about six points of the, the storm at the time. If he puts yep. on a big shot, he drops the ball, they get the ball back, they've got an opportunity to be in it the game. It was one of them classic Storm Raiders games, wasn't it? Yeah, and even Madison, he knew his team needed something and he's tried to do that in defence. What I'm saying here, fellas, is I've got three blokes here who have been... We're basically going to say, look, they've done the wrong thing and um, all of them deserve time on the sideline. But what the point I want to make with my gaff this week is there's a very fine line between a big play and helping out your team. If something goes wrong, it can be really costly. And we see these teams, they're without their, these players for, for three weeks this week. Graham, and Graham you make such a fantastic point. Um, we're at the point here now where, you know, any injury or any suspension, you are out for finals. Well, these that's, players... That's, that's, the, that's the real... Yep. That's the real possibility that if you make a hiccup now, you know, and, and, and this is where I... I, I well, Harawir Naira, he is Harawir banking Naira. on the making the finals to play again. Like, like it's, it's cool heads need to prevail at this time of year. And I think, and look, uh, Griffo and Graham, please correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is what makes a rugby league player. If you've got a cool head and you can stay on the field and you can do the things right, and you can limit your suspensions, well, then you're a good rugby league player and you're a good rugby league team. I look at, I look at, some, of the, I look at some of the teams this year, and I'll pick the Panthers, Griff, and, 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 and please chime in here. They have done it perfectly. It's very rare they give away penalties for silly situations. I think Leota was the only player, um, other than Coruscant, but that's, Different kettle of fish, um, except for except for what, last week. Um, you know, like really, Laota's been the only big suspension this year for 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 an indiscretion. They're a team that's done it well, and they're individuals that have done it well. You look at you look at these other teams, and you can see a litany of people who have been suspended, and you think. Number one, you're not doing it for your team. You're not doing it for yourself. Cool heads need to prevail. This is where people like the Latrell Mitchells might need to start pulling their head in because let's face it, if he'd done something silly this week, it would be a three-week suspension with priors. That's what Radley's faced. And I think cool heads need to prevail at this time of year. What do you reckon, Griff? Yeah, I agree. I mean... It's common sense, you know, like mm. we're approaching the finals. And uh, as you say, uh, those guys who've, who've got a prior record, 
No, they've got just make sure they're they're doing the right thing because it's one thing to miss, you know, round twenty five. It's a completely different thing to if you're in one of those top three teams, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, chances are you're going to rest players in round twenty five anyway. Yeah, um, they won't be resting anyone from week one of the finals. No, <laughs> unless you were a Hargreaves, you you can do whatever you want. You won't get suspended. <laughs> he's had one or two, but he's, got <laughs> he's had one 20. or two. But far out, you know. Just go to the judiciary, fight it. But yeah. yeah, I think I think um, you need a cool head at this time, Gray. You you do because it's, as we said, like these are teams like you talk about. You know, a, a, a Parramatta Eels. You know, they they want that intensity that someone like Madison brings and. Look, it's, it, they they needed something. They need some sort of lift. He got it wrong. He's not going to be there. My biggest actual when I was t- looking at the gap, I was almost going to have Madison as the um the sole Graham's gap this week. Not because of the shot he put on, and I know I'm nitpicking here, and I might be a bit precious and a bit sensitive. But he put that shot on. If you look back at that footage, he put that shot on, and it was very clear as soon as he made that contact. That um, you know that he was in all sorts. Of, the, you know, you, you've basically knocked out the bloke from the other team, and he's walked away going, "No, nah, it's a head clash. No, nah, it's a head clash." And he got straight out of there. And there were other players sort of coming in to see if the bloke was all right. I know that wasn't that wasn't cool. Well, but Graham, that... do you see a point? Like you, you, uh, you, you're a good, you're a wrestling fan, and I can see something happening slightly peaky blinder style where you have to. You have the hidden razor somewhere, and where it looks like you've hit someone the, high, the, you just quickly nick your forehead. The blade just job. Just to see the blood come out. And go, oh, it was a head clash. It was a head clash. That's annoying. I've got a bleeding forehead now. Stitch me up, please. Put the bandage on me. Make me look like I've played in the 90s. Yeah, it was. I, I didn't like that either. I didn't like the fact that rather than check the guy out, he was more concerned. He knew he was yeah. gone, though. That's the problem. Look, yeah, he he was he was, he he, he was in gone. that moment. He went, "I'm buggered here. I'm stuffed. I've got to try and deflect this." Yeah. Look, as I said, my main thing is the hard thing is you can't. If you're coaching these players, it's it's hard because it's a fine line because you'll be saying, "Go out there. You need intensity. You need to put a big shot on. We need something in defence. We need line speed. We need big hits." Mm. Um. There's a fine line between getting it right and wrong. Some of the good players are good at getting it right. Some of them, I mean, I don't want to keep bringing up South examples, but I think Sam Burgess is an example of this. When he got it right, he was a hero, but he spent a lot of time oh. on the sidelines when he when he. Well, you know, um, that successful period with the Roosters that Dylan Napa had. Dylan Napa, was great right. example. When it was great right, footballer. it was brilliant. When it was wrong, it was horrendous. You don't want to coach your players, though, to, to lose intensity, especially when no. your team's behind. And do you know what the interesting but thing even, is? Even, like, uh, no, one, no one in no media outlet has brought this up and talked about these three collectively and looked at it holistically from the point of view that all three teams were down and they needed something big. When this gets yeah. reported in the media, they say, here's one tackle, bang, ooh, that's bad. You know, the people looking at it going, oh, gee, that's a bad tackle. They show another one. Oh, that's a bad tackle. 
The but context that's the gamble, of it is, isn't it, Graham? We have, that's the we gamble. Have three teams that needed a big side, play, yeah. and they tried to do it, and unfortunately, they got it wrong. That's and this game. is where this is where I've always said: you look at the good teams, um, you know, where where players try and do this to lift their side. This is why the good halfbacks kick a 40-20. So their yeah. forwards don't have to do this. That's right. We're not or talking or pull the ball up, you know, and that's what we're looking now. That in some ways that's all that no, we're talking about Penrith. That's why don't Penrith don't have to do this. Because you know what? Mary no, no. kicks it to the corner or kicks it in the end goal. Luai does the same. And all of a sudden, the forwards don't have to do this big uh all or nothing play because the halfback's done it with his foot. Yeah. No. I think anyway. uh, just on the Harawira and Naira, mm-hmm. um, the Canberra Raiders had previous to his shot put on probably four or five big shots. It was like a shooting yes. gallery. Yeah. yeah so they had. like yeah. the Raiders were all pumped up and think, right, I'm going to do the next one. You know, like, um, Unfortunately for for him, he got it wrong, and all the other guys got it right. Um, And he got it really wrong. Uh, Didn't it it blow the pressure valve off, though? Yeah, well, it was bad. It was a send off. Of course, it was. He was was lucky he only got three weeks, you know. Um, And he only got three weeks because he got, he got, um, uh, I was going to say dispensation, but that's not the right word. Yeah, no, yeah. but like yeah. his, his good record took yeah, two right. weeks off what he would have got. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I and the other thing is, I don't, I don't really... think that should have come into it. Like, well, Griff, and do you the think other this should have is... gone straight to the judiciary? Is it one of those? Yeah, it was a bad one. Yeah. And, but do you know the other thing is, Griff, he got a he got dispensation. You're right. He got dispensation because he got sent off. Yeah, look. Yeah, that's. I hate. I hate that. What? It's only a couple of minutes, really. Yeah, he could have got ten in the bin, and it was the same result. I hate that. I really hate that. The fact that when you get sent off, especially five minutes ago, I reckon if you get sent off, stiff shit, you're sent off. Look, I I don't mind it actually. You know, if you're sent off, say in in the you know tenth minute of the game, you've lost seventy minutes. Well, he, he only lost a couple of minutes. It was right near the end of the game. I'm not sure if it was only two minutes, but uh, it was, it, yeah, it was wasn't much you know, it was near the end of the game. Like he, if he went to the sin bin, he wasn't even going to get the 10 minutes. But, you know, he should have been sent off. And I think three weeks is a little bit, he, he got off lightly. Um, Radley, uh, you know, he would have got a week apparently, but, you know, because of his bad record and the loading, he got three. And, I think by the time he's served that, it will have missed eight games this year through suspension. That's a lot in a 25-game season. That's, you know, a third of the comp, really. He's been out suspended. Um, yeah, I had a little bit more sympathy for him because, you know, he was just trying to go for the ball and he did get it wrong and took out the legs and it could have been, it could have snapped Albert Kelly's legs. I tell you what, I think if he did snap Albert Kelly's legs, he would have got a lot more. Um, but you know, the good thing is Kelly was okay. Um, big loss for the roosters. 
you know, they got the game against the Rabbitohs in a couple of weeks and they're going to have no Crichton, no Radley, in addition to all the players who've been injured or had to retire because of um, their, you know, head injuries. So um, they're, they're no chance in that game losing those guys through suspension. Yeah, look, there's a lot of a lot of players that are um, that are impacted, obviously, there by suspension. Um, we mentioned there, Madison, Hauri, and Naira, uh, they've got their three-game uh, bans for the tackles. Victor Radley, three weeks on that tackle for Albert Kelly. Um, just before we go into the, the games and the, the team news, uh, on the injury front, when I go through the, the news, you'll hear that... Um, there's a bit of bad news for the Dragons with McCulloch and uh, Laurie set to miss, miss the rest of the season. Shane mentioned Andrew Fafida. But also, two fellas going into this week. There's some positive news. We know that Charles Nickel Clockstar is back. Uh, Thompson, um, Alex Johnson, amongst the players that are going to be uh, in the, uh, the NRL this week and in their sides. So I think this would be a great opportunity for us to um, kick off our... Round 23 preview. All right, so it all starts on uh, Thursday night, as always, which is tomorrow as we are recording this. The Gold Coast Titans have the big task of taking on the Melbourne Storm. This game is going to happen at Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast at 7.50pm. Now for the team news, a couple of blows for the Titans. We've got AJ Brimson uh, with a jaw injury and Mo Fodawaka with a knee injury. Both of those players are ruled out. So we have Jaden Campbell and Sam McIntyre coming into the starting side. In other changes, we also see Jamal Fogarty back this week after a lengthy absence. He's replacing Toby Sexton at halfback, who we have affectionately named. Yes, there's no sex bomb. Um, So, look, we have no sex bomb at halfback, but we do have Aaron Clark back at hooker. So that's something for the uh, the the Titans to, to keep in mind. A lot of uh, a lot of losses there in AJ Brimson and Mo Fatawaka. Um, also, too, if you're looking at the team, Fafita has been named to start, uh, but we do know that in recent weeks he has been coming off the bench. For the Storm, we've got Dale Finucane with the HIA and Jerome Hughes, obviously, with the HIA. Uh, Hughes on the end of that Harunara tackle that we have been talking about. They're both out this week. So in an interesting move, we see Nico Hines moving to uh, halfback with Ryan Pappenhausen starting at fullback with Chris Lewis at lock. So this is a very interesting way to see both Hughes and, uh, sorry, both Hines and Pappenhausen, I should say, starting in the uh, starting side. We see Justin Olam and Brandon Smith have been rested, so the Storm's starting to look towards finals there, with Seve and Harry Grant coming into the starting side. Uh, George Jennings, who's coming back from a knee injury, he's also back into the team. Um, Tepai Marara, uh, Jordan Grant, and Cooper Johns will come into the side on the bench, with Big Nelson Asafa Salamona missing once again with his hamstring injury. Griffo... We've got the Titans here. The, this is a team that's got a lot to play for. Now, when we look at the, the ladder at the moment, the pressure is really on the Titans. The Storm, they're out in front flying high. Arguably, from our point of view, one of their best players in AJ Brimson is missing. He copped that straight, straight boot, I think it was from um, 
Latrell Mitchell last week. Fodawaka also being ruled out. It's going to be a challenge for them. Um, it's always a challenge with the Storm, but missing a couple of players, it just it just uh, piles on the pressure, doesn't it? It does. Uh, it, this is not a game I can see the Titans winning, to be honest. Um, I thought they would have done better last week against the Rabbitohs, but to the Rabbitohs' credit, um, they only let in one try. Um, now, normally we do associate the the Gold Coast with scoring a lot of tries and letting in a lot. Well, they let in a lot last week. Um, South blew them off the park in the first half. I, I don't think they can beat the Storm, even though the Storm are, are way below their top side, mm. um, partially through injury, partially through resting players. I think the Storm still get the job done. Um, I think be interesting to see how they do go without uh, Jerome Hughes. Yeah, who Hines in at halfback. Yeah, look, he, I don't know if Jerome's missed. He might have missed one game all year, but he hasn't missed many. Even when they've had guys like Munster out, Papinhausen and whatnot, mm-hmm. Jerome Hughes has still been able to uh, get this team over the line and generally by a long way. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go without him. Hines, we don't really know him as a seven. And uh, I guess, uh, you know, we'll see. They do have Cooper Johns listed on the bench. I think we'll probably see him uh, get quite a bit of game time uh, as halfback. Um, they're also, you mentioned that uh, Olam is, is missing. I, I don't think he's missed any games this year. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of Titans will be very happy about the fact they're not going to get smashed by Justin Olin. Yeah. Um, so their their ribs are going to be, uh, you know, uh, feeling a lot better than uh, otherwise they might. Um, the Storm, He's an awesome player, isn't he? Well, he's become that, yeah. I mean, he's a very strong runner and he just hits probably as hard, if not harder, than anyone else in the NRL. Um, and he does it in a way that I don't, I don't think he's had any suspensions. He just he he gets a target he's zone a tough and footy he, player. Oh, he's yeah. made of granite, you know. Yeah. Like, um, but do you notice tall. when he hits, he doesn't hit high. He hits. That's what of, I'm saying. He's got uh, a target uh, zone. He don't get just suspended. Above the stomach. He just hits that spot just below the chest but above the belly button where it's yeah. just chops him in half. He well, and I Hughes think... have been like the unsung heroes yeah, for me. They're I just flying under right. the radar. They've, as I said, they've been the consistent um, they've been consistently in the team whereas others due to injury or or state of origin or something like that, they've been they've missed a number of games but those those two guys have been pretty much there every week. Um, so the Storm... On paper, nowhere near the best team, but they still get the job done uh, against uh, against the Gold Coast Titans. I've noticed a few people this week have already put their joker in and uh, locked in the storm. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, more often than not, if you pick the storm, you go pretty well. Um, I won't be tipping the storm. I don't think they're going to win by by a large margin, um, but I'd certainly do lock them in as winners, Shane. 
Paul Green. Sorry. Yep, yep, I agree. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win well. I, I contemplated this as my joke around. I I really looked at it and thought, well, you know, who's going to who's going to prove otherwise? Um, I agree with you, Griff. I think there's other value to be had just looking at the teams and looking at who's being fielded. Um, I can't add much more to you. I think that the Storm are red hot here. Um, look, you know, quite often when we say a team is favourites, it just means they're going to win. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win by a large margin. They just will win. And I think that's this week, Graham. The Storm will win. Yeah, you'd, you'd imagine just about every punter would have the Storm. They've, um, as we said, they've only dropped two games all year and I can't see them dropping this one despite the fact that they've got a few players out. Um, Griffo mentioned there that they do have a few key players out. Obviously, you know, uh, Hughes is one of those. But, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how Nico Hines goes. I think that what we might see as a byproduct of that that Cameron Munster might become quite involved, and I think that'll give him the opportunity to really take control of this game. When I look across the two teams and I see the halves, um, we have uh, White and Williams on one side. Uh, sorry, not White and Williams. I'm looking at the Canberra team. Gosh. Um, sorry. I've got Munster and Hines on one side and Taylor and Fogarty, I should say, on the other side. Um, Fogarty is his first game back in a while. Sexton was doing a good job. Yeah. Um, Ash Taylor, we know that you just got to hope that he has a good day because he has. Yeah, he's 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 inconsistent. Um, I well, really even their think... last game, Ash Taylor, done some done some wonderful things and then some horrendous things. Yeah, I I think when you look across the four halves that are in this game, uh, Cameron Munster stands out as the absolute superstar. I think he's going to have a big role in this game, and I think uh, he's going to have a big impact on it. Is it my margin? It's not this week. They'll win, and they'll win well, but it's not quite my margin. But, uh, look, if you're in a tipping comp and you're taking our advice, uh, all three of us would have to be in agreement that the uh, the storm are the way to go in this one. I just, just before we hear the muse or the, the whistle... I think there's going to be one really interesting um, observer this week. We've lost uh, Griffo from space, people. Yeah, sorry, Griffo. We just lost you there. Do we still but, have you? Well, oh. Oh. We're just losing Griffo. Oh, that was because oh, he was looking at uh, who was going to be. It's, it's, it sounds like he's going to say something really important too. And no, just... and it would have been because I think this is a really. <laughs> I think, I think when you look at the grand context of things, the Titans would think they're a chance this week. When you look mm. at the, when you look at the, when you look at the teams, when you look at how they've lined up. The Titans would go, well, if we're going to beat the Storm, this is the week to do this it. This is as good a week as any given This the, is as good as week as any. And you know what? Let's look at the table. Wouldn't the, wouldn't the Titans love a win? They need a win. They've got. It's almost arguing that we've got more to play for there if you're the Titans. Yep. 
Now, I unfortunately, agree. Griffo, that last comment you made, you, you told us yeah. you were going to say something really important and we lost yeah. you. We'd know, love to hear it. Technology let me down here. From it's parts big, unknown, Griffo. Yeah. Mr. X has lost it. Well, yep. <laughs> what I was saying um, was a very interested observer this week will be Craig Fitzgibbon, who is the Sharks yeah. coach for 2022. Yeah where um, at the Sharks, and we've seen it over the last couple of weeks, their Achilles heel has been around the halves. Um, and their season went south after injuries to Matt Moylan and, of course, Sean Johnson. Um, they have signed Nico Hines. Moylan signed on again next year. You'd think he's going to be the sixth in Sharkland. And it, uh, you know, if, if Nico Hines can get a job done well at uh, halfback against the Gold Coast, you'd think mm. maybe um, because there really is. I know they got Jaden Trindle there in the seven at the moment. I don't think, I don't know if he's the answer long term in that in that role. No. Um, so maybe maybe could be Nick because the, the question was where's Nico Hines going to play. Um, Will Kennedy is an, a, a really, really good fullback. I don't think Hines is going to play fullback. Moylan, as we mentioned, six. Um, uh, you know, it could be it could be the uh, the missing piece of the jigsaw in that Sharks backline. I, I agree, mm. Griffo, and it's Our a great point you raise. We know he can run. It's going to be the kicking game. What can he do, especially when you're in that kicking corridor within your own twenty and forty? When you're trying to put the cor- the ball into the corner and you're trying to avoid the fullback and winger, I, I I'm I'm going to be very interested to see what his kicking game looks like. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely plenty to keep an eye on there. And as we said, not only implications for this year, but implications for for next year and looking at where they all slot in. So um, it's pretty safe to say, fellas, that all three of us are pretty keen on the storm in this one. <laughs> All right, moving on to the second game of the round. Uh, The Raiders are taking on the Seagulls. As you guys could tell when I was previewing that one, I have one eye on this one because I'm really excited about uh, (laughs) this game. Um, Look, in regards to uh, the team news, we do have for the Raiders, massive news for the Raiders. They welcome back Chance Nickel Clockstar. Uh, He's um, had a lengthy... Lengthy injury layoff. Uh, he's going to come off the bench. Looking at the the team, oh, news. that's that's a bit rough. Like you know, like Jordan Rapiner and I, Griffo, you'd agree he's been a defensive genius in this period, hasn't he? Look, uh, <laughs> I, we were in communication last week uh, watching that game. Um, Rapiner. He's good ball in hand. No, no definitely about that. He's a yes. really good attacker. He's an attacker player, but defensively, oh geez, he's pretty poor. Um, uh, I, I'll leave it at that. I don't want to kick the guy um, too much, but some of his attempts at tackle last week were just diabolical. Not just him, but nah. their captain. Uh, co-captain and centre Jared Croker was was just as bad. Um, if Sean's nickel clock start is fit to be number fourteen, 
Hill. What you've got to do is rip off the number four yeah, and Hill. stick him at oh. fullback. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is a bit of gamesmanship. <laughs> I, I think he'll yeah. he'll start at fullback. He's not starting on the bench. If he's nah. fit, he's, he's if fullback. He's, if he's good to go, he'll be there. And I think you'll see a bit of a bit of a shuffle because the other player you mentioned, Jared Croker, he's been ruled out. Yeah. So uh, Chris is coming into the side at centre. Um, the other changes for the Raiders include Tom Starling with a jaw injury, and we know Harry Anaira is out with suspension. Uh, we mentioned that one earlier. So you, you you could see a bit of a bit of a shuffle in that back line uh, with the chance Nickel Clockstad. Uh, Starting now for the Manly Seagulls, Tom Trebojevic has been named at fullback. We talked about his injury, he's got that cheekbone concern, but there were reports as soon as it happened that he could miss up to a month. Look, all we can say is that Manly are telling us they're adamant that he will play if he is ruled out. I'd expect Ruben Garrett would likely shift to fullback. The other news for Manly is in regards to Brad Parker. Now, he was on the uh, receiving end of that high shot from Ryan Madison. He's got a concussion, so he'll be out this week. Moses Sewell is going to replace him at centre. Uh, not a bad replacement, is it? No, not 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 at all, not at all. And also, too, we've got um, Sipley coming back from suspension. He's going to be on the bench here. This is really, I suppose, Shano, a case of the tipsters want to know. If we can confirm that Tom Trebojevic plays in this game, it, it has a massive impact on the game itself. We can't confirm whether he's in or out. Is it going to be as simple as Trebojevic in, Manly go on with it, Trebojevic out, Raiders have a chance? Where do you stand on that, on that debate? Oh, Graham. Um, you know, I love a good stat and, and one good stat is, is that the Raiders are rubbish without Jared Croker. Um, are they as bad as the Seagulls without Turbo? Well, I think the Seagulls without Turbo are still flying high. I think that yep. Turbo is not going to play. I, I don't care what anyone tells me. He's not going to play cool. this week. No one would risk him. I mean, you know, you, 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 you're in the eight. It's just where you're now playing a Raiders side who is down on confidence, down on troops. They get Charles Nickel Clock star back. Um, and I know, and, but then again, they're without people like Hatter with Anada. Um, I just think that when you look at all this, Manly are a far more settled team. They're a, they, they know how to build pressure. The big question is, Will they have someone in the absence of Tommy Turbo that be able to deliver the final punch? I think Desi would be working on this all week that we need to win and win well because you know what? You don't want to create a side where without your key player, and Tommy Turbo is massive to this team, um, if they lose, the confidence will just be blown out of their sails because... We don't know then how long he'll be away for. You don't want to limp into the finals. Let's just say his first game back is the finals. They could be they could be zero and three. You don't want that, and I can't see them being that. I've got the Raiders uh, losing this one, Griffo. I've got Manly winning. Uh, I think that they've learned enough lessons in the last few weeks how to be winners, and they'll be winners again this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
I know their record without Turbo is, is not good. And I previously was a subscriber to the view that no Turbo, no Manly. But uh, I think this Manly team has improved quite significantly to a point where, and we've seen it, where they've rested Turbo uh, in that origin period and still won games. Um, they don't have the big, you know, 40, 50, 60 uh, score lines that, that they can rack up when he's there, but they still can get the job done. They're not up against one of the best teams in the comp. The Raiders, uh, their season has improved in, in, in you know the last month or so, but they're still... Uh, well, I think their kicking game is it leaves a lot to be desired. Um, it was awful last week, their kicking game. Um, and I just, I can't see them winning this game. They're, they've got a good side, but not a great side on paper. Um, having uh, Sean's back is going to help him immensely. He plays, you know, a big role in their attack. Um, but I just think the manly forward pack uh, of Alloy A uh, to Powell, that's a good uh, two, two, you know, they're not the biggest boppers up front, but they're strong guys. They get the job done. What impresses me is, is the second row is to Hamoli, Ola Kowatu, and, and Josh Schuster. That's where I think Manly has the big advantage, even though Young and Whitehead are really good players. Um, they don't possess uh, the power of the Manly back row, and, and not just power, but Schuster's a, a great ball player as well. I just think Manly have, have still got plenty of guns to fire, even without uh, Tommy Turbo. And I think they win, but not by a huge margin. You know what, Griffo? I'm going to go out on a couple of limbs here. Now, uh, the first one I'm going to... You don't want to lose too many limbs, Graham. You've only got four. That's true. Well, I'm going to risk one of them. I could yeah, be... I could be... Not, not to that extent. I'm not. I'm not going against Manly. I'm. I'm going with Manly as my margin this week. Oh, okay. So you think they're still going to rack it up? Wow. Well, there you go. I am predicting Tom Turbo plays. Wow. Oh, there you go. my. Okay. That's my out on a limb. I think Trevojevic right. gotten plays. in the Desi's head. I thought I... he was going out on a limb. He was going to tip the Raiders. Oh, geez, no, I lost the plot. On the other way, <laughs> Look, the Raiders the can't plot. put together two halves of football. Even if they're in with a chance at you know yeah. half time, they're buggered. I love how Griffo, as soon as I said that, he gets out the uh, the I've tipping cop. He's there got it the is. pen. That's yours. <laughs> That's your my, sheet. Yeah. He's got my margin sheet. He's putting it's Manly round down. Twenty-three. And look, sea Eagles. What's the worst that could happen for me with the Manly Seagulls as my margin, Griffo? If Tom Turbo's out, the, the their record point scorer is going to fall back. He's going to get his hands on the ball a bit more. I actually think Turbo plays. I actually think that we are downplaying the importance of this game to Manly. I think that given we've talk, looked at this holistically and we've said, okay, you know, if you come fifth, whatever, you come fourth, whatever, I think Manly are just looking at this saying, we want fourth, 
This is a game we need to win. Turbo's important. I think he'll play. I'm tipping Manly, and I think they'll go on with this. I think Manly will rack up a, a score. I really do. Okay. Well, I had him last week. I got plus 46 last week. That was a good call. Took me to the top of the ladder. I think I had... That was uh, a good call last week. I think week. I had the storm. What did they win by eight? No, no ten. Yeah, they <laughs> ten. kicked the goal on full time. Oh, yeah. Thanks to they the... They were the popular uh, Manly was a good call last week. Harrow and Nora doesn't get sent off. I'm only getting about six points. <laughs> All right. So I've just written mine in. I'll, I'll get to that when we get to the game. But I've just written it in there. But look, it, regardless... what I think the main point for the, the punters out here, fellas, regardless of whether Turbo's in or out... Uh, Manly's the go in this one. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Jeez. This could take a while. This will be a big preview. Um, this is the biggest game we've had in a while in the competition. Friday night, 8.05. The Penrith Panthers hosting the South Sydney Rabbitohs at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. This is effectively... Uh, a battle for who could finish second. Realistically, mathematically, however you want to put it, both these teams are technically still in contention for the minor premiership. Um, but look, I think this will be a psychological advantage as we uh, alluded to earlier on more than anything. They'll know about it by kickoff because Melbourne's already played. True. That's a very good point. So that might impact. Look, for the Panthers, a um, couple of big players, two origin players back for the Panthers, uh, Kurt Capewell and Appy Coruscant, both back from suspension. They've been named to return this week. That means that Mitch Kenny, who's been uh, there at hooker in Appy's uh, absence, will push back to the bench. Um, that means Isaac Tago, one of Griffo's favourites, and Jamin Salmon will miss out. Now, one to keep your eye on there if you are a Panthers or Rabbitohs fan or just an NRL fan in general looking at what's going on with this match. Two players, two massive names that we see on the reserves list are James Fisher-Harris and Tavita Pengai Jr. Now, both of those players have been uh, missing for personal reasons. Uh, They've been named amongst the reserves. They could be late inclusions, which would be a massive boost for the Penrith Panthers team. Speaking of massive boosts, South Sydney have four players returning from injury this week. Uh, they're Alex Johnson, who's been out with a hamstring injury. Dane Gagai also had a crook hamstring last week and was missing. Campbell Graham has had some concerns with concussion. And another player who was really good for South Sydney through the middle part of the season and a former Panther himself was Hame Sele. He had a calf injury. All of those players are back for Very the... Cool. They're all back for the Rabbitohs. So big, big ins for South Sydney this week with Johnston, Gagai, Graham and Sele back in the side. Look, it tells you the depth at the moment in this South Sydney team, Shano, when you've got Tane Milne, Jaden Sewer, Jackson Paulo, Braden Burns all missing out. Pretty much the only player that's played some first grader or is a regular first grader for the South Sydney side that's unavailable is Liam Knight. If South Sydney don't show up this week, there's no excuse. They've got all their players on the park. 100%, Graham. Um, when I look at this side, I look at both sides and I think they're awesome. I I, I really do. Um, the one thing for me is, is that we've got Josh Mansour at number five 
I'm just wondering if Tane Mill might come in for him uh, closer I, to the yep. event. I wouldn't rule that out. To the event. Also, Benji Marshall at number 14. I think Jaden Sewer might actually come in for him. Um, I, I think they're going to... I think they're going to stack things fairly heavily. I think they're going to look at, you know, it, I know Bennett's going to start saying, is this my final side? What if, if, if I was week one of the finals, week two, if this was the grand final, what what's my team look like? And you're right, Graham. Liam Knight is the only player that would have played first grade and been a first grade um on the first 17 who's and not in, there. And in all fairness, this, I'm not sure if he'd crack this side. No, he wouldn't. No, so I, I agree. no excuses at I all. Agree. Well, I would agree. Would you have him ahead of Jacob Holst or Sele? Um, I would. Sele was him... in really good form before he got injured. Yes, I'm not. Was. I'm not even convinced. As Shane said, with with the with the bench, I'm no, not even it's... convinced that Sewer might not take. Patrick Mako's been in good my, form. My biggest Mago issue or with... Sewer could take Sele's. My biggest issue with the insides. With, good players with... going miss out. My biggest issue with Knight would be his inside shoulder can be um, can be the cause of many line breaks. And when I look at the players that are there, Jacob Host, whilst in attack he doesn't really um, – he's not that big 20-metre runner. He, he does cover defence exceptionally well. And he does come across in cover quite often. So – I think I think what they look at Jacob Host as being is if they have to give Cameron Murray some time off, he comes on and covers that middle uh, covers that middle defence. You've also got um, Arrow when, that can slot in. Yeah, and it's Arrow that they can slot in. Yeah. I I far out. I look at these two sides, and and they are, and and and, and I, I I do believe they're on par. When I look at last week games, um, you know Brent Naden, he he had a he had a he had a great game last week. I thought, um, I think Penrith. Look, I, I, Penrith. You know where do we start? We've got Dylan Edwards, Crichton, uh, Mumarovsky's in the side. Luai Cleary in the halves. Leota Coruscant's there. Um, Eisenhuth, Kickow, Martin, and Yo Martin, Liam Martin, Isaiah Yo. We've I think from the very inception of this podcast, we've sung Isaiah Yo's praises that yeah, he is, is the player. Like, you know, like thank I, I really take my hat off to Penrith for keeping hold of him because he must have had attention from other teams. He must have. Uh, Kenny Sorensen, Hopgood, Capewell, and look, you know, go beyond that. Um, Pangai Jr. might be in the side and Fisher Harris in the reserves. I, I like their I like the look at them. When I look at Cleary and what he done on the weekend in his first game back, it was as if he'd never left. Matt Burton has been a revelation at centre. Um, Canterbury must be salivating at the fact they've got a player like him. He's just a great footballer. He is a brilliant footballer. He's just a great footballer. He's got to be in the side. Um, in saying that, South Sydney have won the last three weeks by more, but you know they've put more than thirty on their opposition with a chunk of players out. Had Alex Johnson been playing the last three or four weeks, he would have he it, look he would have scored another six tries. 
Uh, Mansour did score a few. Um, that's why I think Mansour won't play. He's actually been swapped to the other wing. I actually think that's Tane Milne's um, side. I think he'll play it. Um, the guy I want to talk about in South Sydney is Cody Walker. Every week it just seems like he wants to lift and lift and lift and get up to another level. He might be the man that pulls South Sydney out of that third third place, always the bridesmaid or second bridesmaid, not even the chief bridesmaid, never the bride. He could be the guy that pulls them out of them. Latrell Mitchell in the last few weeks has been in scintillating form. He he's hit the line. But where where um four or five weeks ago Latrell Mitchell was trying to run around the line, in the last few weeks he's just hit it hard. And that first try for South Sydney last week really did um typify the type of football he's playing. That South Sydney aren't gonna get the the gimmies that they got last week. They're playing a quality side. I think the outer um, defence of people like Martin and Kikau, Kikau running on the fringes, Kikau will be running at people like Adam Reynolds. Um, the inside men of Kolomatangi and Jai Arrow will have to be on point um, to tackle them. Luai running around, kicking the ball. Um, you've got Nathan Cleary just doing what Nathan Cleary does. Um, can I add the fact that Appy Corusau and Damien Cook had a dummy half? Uh, what a battle! Look, things things are things are really even here. Matt Burton is just brilliant. I like the fact that Campbell Graham's in this side. He tightens up everything in defence. Um, look, I've you know which way I'm going, and I'm going by a whisker for no other reason than I'm flipping a coin. And if I've got to flip a coin, why not go for the side I go for? So I'm look if 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 I if I was a neutral observer to this game, I don't know who I'd pick. I'm picking South Sydney for the pure and simple fact that when I was born, <laughs> you didn't have a choice. I was, that's the team <laughs> I was given. You were allocated. So let's. Look, I had I'll... no choice. Uh, one red, one eye, cardinal. The other myrtle. I. Like, you know, and that's, I'm sure, Griffo, you're the same. This is, this, you know, when you look at the evenness across the teams, um, you know, you'll be picking Penrith because they're your team. But this is, I'm salivating at this game. Just just before I go to Griffo, just as interesting, you talked about Cody Walker and his impact, Shane. Just yep. before we get, get further into the, um, into the preview, I know a lot of people have been looking at the media and people that uh, listen to our podcast. They're the diehard fans. They probably know this already. But when we look at statistics and the data, like I know, let, let's just talk NRL yeah. era here. I know a lot of the, the, the stats that they want to pull out lately are, are that. We've got 40 line break assists, right? Yep. Now, if we look at try assists, Cody Walker currently has 31. The most try assists in the NRL era is 38. He will definitely pass that. He could he could definitely pass that. You know the other interesting statistic, Graham? I mean, and, his, um, his line break assists, it's, it's more than anyone in the NRL era. Yeah, I think it was David Middleton come up with this one. And it's not an actual NRL stat. I think he just, because he's brilliant, he invented it. Um, 
Cody Walker attracts more attention than any other player in the NRL. In other words, when he's got the ball and run, he has more players come to, on average, I think it's three players come to him. And no wonder there's space on that edge then. Because, you know, because outside him's um, Latrell Mitchell. Mm. He attracts more attention than any other player in the NRL. I, I didn't want to talk about that because I, I, I read it and I didn't quite remember it properly. But from what I understood was that when he runs, he attracts more attention than any other single player in the NRL. They're talking about him ever elevating his game to the next level. Well, you need to do it now because you know what? Finishing third or fourth, whatever you want to call it, in four years in a row, that's that's choking, in yeah. my opinion. So this year's the year, and it starts, I run. believe, to, uh, on Friday against um, Penrith. I'm going to throw to Griffo in a moment because I know Griffo's going to um, give our fans an awesome insight into the Panthers. And Shane's talked about the Rabbitohs, and that's just... <laughs> That's just the way that uh, we roll here on Carpool Rugby League. I did mention you, the Panthers. I did you talk did. about no, no, but No, but the thing I want to do is I want to roll off the back of the Rabbitohs before I go to Griffo because he's going he's, he's gonna to give a lot of insights as to why Penrith have been the team to beat over the past couple of years and why South are going into this game as the underdogs if uh, you're the betting agencies and a lot of the punters. One thing I wanted to um, just piggyback off the back of there, Shane, when you're talking about South Sydney, and I thought it was very interesting, and as a South Sydney fan, I had a massive smile on my face when Griffo questioned um, Jacob Host and whether we'd have him in the team. I love these South Sydney players that are absolutely killing it and flying under the radar, and one of those is Jacob Host. Jacob Host is the type of player who last week had nine... Took the ball up nine times for for 92 metres. So he's averaging over 10 metres a hit up, and he did not miss one tackle. His tackle efficiency is 100%. He made 26 tackles, did not miss one, and played 60 minutes. That's the type of solid player you need coming off the bench. The other type of solid player that, since he has returned, has been absolutely phenomenal for South, and I think he is one of the best forwards in the game, is... uh, Tavita Totola. Junior Totola is an absolute freak. And if you're a Penrith fan listening to this and you are not concerned about what he can do in attack with the ball, you should be. Because the 200 metres he made last week was absolutely phenomenal. Can, can I add something to that, Graham? The depth uh, of this team, at, they have yeah, no excuses. And that's what frustrates uh, me because if South lose, there are no excuses. Good article written during the week about Kolomatangi oh. and the fact that the he's been break. that he's and, and they, they said he's been found wanting. Um, that he's been found wanting Jeez. since okay, the origin period. He hasn't been had made the impact. Do you know the players on the inside of Kolomatangi and the outside of Kolomatangi have actually made have actually increased their meterage and line breaks and line break assists because he's attracting the players. That's the thing you forget. And well, when look, we he's, talk about the we talk about the Liam Martins in the world and the Isaiah Yo's of the world and the Vilami Kickouts in the world, where we go, oh, we didn't really see him much. No, no, no. It's the attention that they attract 
which is the big thing, which is why I think this game is going to be so close. 145 metres last week for Kaloa Matangi. 65 of yeah. those are post-contact. I, he's, he, he has... <laughs> they're good numbers to me, aren't they? And uh, yet, yet he was No missed tackles. Jeez, he, dry arrows got similar stats. I know you, you've got a lot... Look... I know we're going to talk a lot about the Penrith side with your preview, Griffo, but they're coming up against a back row that you've dubbed as the best in the league in Kolomatangi, Arrow and Murray over the past few weeks. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't retract that. I still think they are. Um, in saying that, that's not what worries me most. The, the worry for me is the two worries are the number one and the number six, um, Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker. And, and you've spoken a fair bit about Cody Walker. Um, he's the concern. Latrell Mitchell is the concern. I know Alex Johnson is back um, and he scores a lot of tries, but he wouldn't score too many tries if it wasn't for those two blokes. Um so whoever you've got on that left wing for South Sydney, uh, they come up with a lot of tries because uh, they're getting the quality service from those guys. Um, I, I've got great respect for this team, um, the Wayne Bennett coach team. And I, I do, um, along with the Melbourne Storm, they're the two teams that stand in Penrith's way of, of uh, winning a, the premiership this year. Um, this game, uh, you, it's not just bragging rights. Um, you want to, and I talked about it a little bit last week. I said, well, do you really want to show all your cards um, this week? And I think particularly in attack, maybe uh, both teams, while they want to really win the game, maybe they're not going to show everything they've got. Uh, um, because ultimately, while this is an important game and it's it's a blockbuster, um, it's not going to count for too much. The one that counts is is week one of the finals, where they play each other again, almost certainly. Um, so yep, you want to win this one, but you don't want to you don't want to show everything you've got. Um, I don't believe that. 1-17, to 17, the Panthers will line up as they're listed. I really can't see any way that that's going to happen. Uh, you've got a guy like James Fisher-Harris, who is your number one forward, who's been out for three weeks due to the, um, the birth of his, I think, second child uh, and, the, and the consequent uh, quarantine he had to, put, uh, had to serve. Um, he comes straight back in. Uh, he's not going to wear 21 because that's what he's listed as, but he's not going to sit on the bench. Um, he's had three weeks out. Even if he's not going to play maybe as many, many minutes as he normally would, you're not going to leave him out for a fourth week. And then he's, you know, if, if it's a, a match fitness issue, well, he's not getting any if he's on the bench. So he plays. Uh Pangai Jr., I do expect we'll see him on the bench. Um, he signed a short-term contract and, and for you know the tragedy that, that uh, meant he missed the first two games where he was available, um, 
again, I can't see that uh, with only three games to the finals that you're not going to want to get this guy involved um, and get him playing with the likes of Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai, uh, just getting used to what those guys do. Um, so I think he'll play small minutes, I think. I don't think they'll play him too much, but I'm sure they'll play him. Uh, and just getting that, you know, while you can do things on the training paddock, but it's different to actually doing them in a game situation. So I'm pretty sure he'll uh, he'll line up. <coughs> Excuse me. I think uh, one of the guys to make way will probably be Jermaine Hopgood, uh, who who I've been impressed with in his uh, few performances this year. He's a guy that uh, I think will take over from Kurt Capewell. Uh, as he moves on to the Broncos at the season's end. So I think we'll see plenty of Hopgood in 2022. He's a very good player. Um, I'd be surprised if they have Mitch Kenny in the 17. Um, yeah, he's a backup hooker. But Corey Sal's missed quite a few games. I think he's only played one game out of the possible last four. Um, so... I think they'll want him again to get some game time. Um, so I think we'll see Panga Jr. and Fisher Harris come in, and I expect it to be for those two guys. Um, it's it's a game that, that it's got everything really. Um, both teams. Well, I think Styles are pretty much at full strength. Um, you yeah. mentioned that Liam Knight you guys wouldn't have him in the top 17 even if he was fit for the Panthers you know they are missing Brian Toto who is while he is a winger he's a key player in this team so he will definitely uh, be someone that will line up against South in week one of the finals um, to facilitate that you'd think that probably Crichton will go back to the centers and, and Momorowski would miss out but Momorowski's been solid. Whenever he's played, he's done a good job. He's very good defensively, and he's going to need to be up against uh, this uh, brilliant attacking unit that the Rabbitohs have. Uh, I was obviously delighted to see Cleary come through last week and, and played a really strong game. Um, Penrith looked better with him there. Luai looked a lot, lot better. Um because he didn't have to be the number one playmaker. It allowed him to, to, to play his natural game, which involves, you know, a lot of unstructured play for Jerome Luai. And that's the role that, you know, he, he feels very well. Um, he hasn't been at his best without Cleary there, but also he hasn't been at his best because he came back from a, from an MCL injury. So, um, he's working back to being his best and you really want that guy at his best in the finals. And um, we saw that combination, not just for the Panthers, but in games one and two for New South Wales, um, that they are the best uh, six and seven combination, I believe, in the NRL. Their opponents are not far behind, it must be said. Um, Reynolds and Walker... Uh, I would have liked to have seen those two guys replace Luai and Cleary when uh, 
when the Blues went around for, for game three, but that's history uh, and it didn't happen. Uh, one bloke I do want to mention who's been a really consistent and good performer for the Panthers has been Scott Sorensen, uh, who re-signed uh, on for, for two more years to play with the Panthers. I think that happened a couple of weeks ago. But when he comes on, um, he makes a difference coming off the bench. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether they start with Capewell. Uh, normally when he's in the team, he's, he's a starter. Um, so whether they uh, do, whether they bring him off the bench or Liam Martin remains to be seen. What we do know is that both teams, well, their quality, their quality. Um, if I was not a Penrith supporter, if I was uh, an impartial observer, I would actually pick the Rabbitohs in this game, mm. um, simply because their form has been better. Um, they've been steamrolling most teams, uh, irrespective of whether the team has been a, you know, a, a contender or a, an also run. Don't matter. They they they've smashed them all. You mentioned the, the record they've created of eight. No other team in in the history of of either the NRL or the old New South Wales Rugby League competition have scored more than thirty points in eight games in a row. It's never been done. That's testimony to the to the attacking quality of this team, and uh, and the two blokes in particular, Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell. Um, the last time these two teams played was an absolute uh, landslide, which I did not expect at all. The Dubbo disaster. Yeah, that uh, was a surprise to me. I you know, obviously I tipped Penrith in that game. I expected, mm. you know, that they'd go well. But the respect that I have for, for what South can do, um, really, that was a surprise to me that right from the get-go, Penrith just dominated and uh, not just the, dominated the game as they'd been doing it most weeks before that, but actually put on a lot of points. We haven't seen the Panthers score too many points uh, for a long time. I know they got past 30 last week, but they were playing the Dragons. Um, uh, I think there's going to be a few points scored in this game from both teams. Um, I, I don't expect it's going to be a landslide either way, but uh, what I do, I'm going to tip Penrith. Um, and that's, you know, the heart as much as, as the head. Both teams, great teams. Um, it'll be good watching. And this is the sort of game that all neutrals would want to tune into because uh, anyone who knows anything about rugby league knows that both these teams not only are they great teams but they're great to watch so as a spectacle i really do expect this is going to be uh, one of the the great games of 2022 graham which way do you lean it's a good friday <laughs> night game isn't it massive it is um gee i'm excited about this I am so excited, and as you said, like as as fans of the two teams taking part, um, it's very exciting, and for neutral fans, it's super exciting. It's it's there's a few points there that you guys have made that I want to touch on. Um, I think, in one way, it might be an advantage for the Panthers that 
you know, you look at from the point of view what Griffo said, how um, these these teams really the the big game is week one of the finals, and they'll know they'll play each other. I think one thing for South Sydney and South Sydney fans is the fact that we haven't beaten Penrith, we haven't beaten Melbourne. This game, I think, weighs a little bit more for South Sydney in a sense that they need to win this to show that they can knock off one of those top two teams. If South Sydney lose this game on Friday night, all of a sudden it's Melbourne and Penrith, then you got South on the next level, then the rest. They need to be in that mix, and I think this is a massive game for them. Uh, they want to show, as I said earlier on, that psychological advantage I think is worth heaps, so I think that um, that's going to be worth a fair bit. You guys have already talked about Cody Walker and the fact that that left-hand edge for South Sydney is absolutely dynamite and the quality service that he has provided. One other point I wanted to make, um, you know, we, we often joke watching the, the games with the Rabbitohs that, uh, you know, I could play on the left-hand wing and I'd score six tries. One thing I want to bring up is I'm really excited about Alex Johnson coming back into this team because I can think over the last few weeks a few times. Now, I know that Josh Mansell scored half a dozen tries, but there have been times where there have been tries where Mansell hasn't gotten over the line, he's had a bit of work to do, hasn't got there. I don't want to take away from the fact that Alex Johnson is a phenomenal finisher, and there have been tries that Josh Mansell has failed to finish that AJ can. So that's something to keep in mind this week. The other thing to keep in mind is that the most underrated player on that left edge, and unfortunately for South Sydney fans, he's leaving uh, at the end of the year, is Dan Gagai. We talk about Walker, we talk about Mitchell, and then everyone just assumes that whoever you are, whether you're Gagai or you're Johnston, you're on the end of it, you're going to score a try. Dane Gagai has had a massive part in a lot of those tries. I think what's going to benefit South Sydney this week is some of the things we've already heard in this podcast. Underestimating the bench, players like Jacob Host. Underestimating those linking players like Dane Gagai. No one has even mentioned Campbell Graham on the right-hand side. The fact that South can pull it left, get a few plays and then stretch a team and have a bloke like Campbell Graham run a line on the right-hand side is phenomenal. I was actually going to ask Griffo, if he didn't mention it before, why Penrith should be considered favourites as the bookies have him. He's actually said if he was a neutral fan, he'd have South Sydney. South Sydney are the form team. South Sydney have more to play for this week, in my opinion, to show that they are a premiership contender. As someone who watches every minute of the NRL every week. I have the Storm and Penrith as the teams that are premiership contenders. As of 10 p.m. Friday night, um, I may have South Sydney with them, and this will be the test for them. So it's the big, it's it, it's 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 their audition for the finals, if you ask me. So, uh, yeah, game of the week. Surely. Yes. yes. Now move on to Saturday. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. So moving on to Saturday's games. Um, sorry, fellas. The uh, the old Zoom chucked a bit of a wobbly. Uh, Saturday's game. We don't have the sting. Ding, 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 ding. I know. Well, look. Wait a sec. I'll, I'll fix it up for you guys because we did have a few. Uh, Few issues, we have had technical difficulties tonight, people. And just for shame, this will make him feel better. All right, 
there's an introduction only befitting of a cracker game uh, like the Tigers versus the Sharks, which will happen at Brown Park, Rockhampton. Now, Shane, surely you're all over that. A game involving the Tigers at Brown Park. There's got to be some sort of uh, cup or rugby league joke or game of the week allocated to this one. But prior to that, I'll give you the I team. I can't think news. of one. What are you talking about? Oh, surely, <laughs> surely at Brown Park they could uh, yes, source up well, for you. Uh, look for the Tigers, uh, Jacob Little and um, Oh McKaylee, They're both out for suspension. Uh, Simpkins moving into the starting side, and Twall will be named at lock. Um, James Tamo, he missed round 22 against the Cowboys with a foot injury, but he should be good to go. And I also noticed that um, we have James Roberts as the new face on the bench. So he's wearing number 17. Now for the Sharks, Shane, you've you've mentioned and we've talked in depth about Andrew Fafita and that horrible throat mm-hmm. injury. Um Look, we don't know how long he's going to be out for. Obviously, the, the focus there is oh, yeah. his health. And um, at the end of the day, he's a human, and we hope that he recovers as soon as possible. Uh, in addition to that, for the Sharks, Aiden Tolman is also out this week through to, through suspension. Uh, Harati will start at centre. Talakai moves to the second row. Williams to lock. Rudolph to prop. And Hamion Uele to the bench. Uh, Wilton has been named to return on the bench. He's coming back from a hamstring injury. Here we really have two teams that are fighting for the top eight, Shano. Um, it's going to come down to a case of Tiger-Sharks. Who wants it more? Yeah, look, and I think that the Sharks just have far too much class across the field. Um, look, when you talk about the Tigers, you know, I know we've dubbed a Muriel and... Um, when you look at when you look at what we've done, you know, when you look at what they've done this year, um, they have been a mixed bag. Then again, the sharks, the sharks still have this problem, and we've spoken about it from day one. And I'm not talking day one this year. I'm talking day one of the podcast where they drop the ball and they do some really silly decisions within their own forty. They make these, they make a rod for their own back. When I look at the sides. I look at there's some key there's some key players that that I think need to be um, addressed. Michael Cheekham, he's in the centres now. We've 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 been calling you notes know, quite often. I've, I've rated what he's done in the second row, and I know that he's gone off the boil and on the boil and whatnot. But he's in the centres. Jesse Ramey, and he's against him with uh, uh, with Harati. Tracy and Trindle in at the halves. Um, do they have? the experience and do they have the skills to outdo Dwayne and Brooks? Um, Jake Braley up against uh, Simkin. Aaron Woods, well, he has no idea where he's playing next year. He's still playing for a contract. James Tarmow. Look, I like Sean Bloor. Um, Nikora, Talakai, Luaya, Twal, Williams. The problem with this game is, as far as I'm concerned, is that it's almost a flip the coin. The thing that puts me towards the Sharks' favour is that they just play more consistent football. They just play more consistent football. They're able to grind through their sets and get to the kick. But when they get it wrong, they get it wrong massively. They drop the ball in their own 40. 
They gift the opposition possession, but so do the Tigers. The Tigers do this in spades. The big problem for the Tigers is they just rely on Dwayne. If Dwayne doesn't do anything, they're stuck. Far out. This is a flip the coin. I've got the Sharks because the Sharks have more to play for. I think the Sharks honestly are looking too... They're looking two positions above them and saying we can get to that eight. For the Tigers, it, it, it might be a bridge too far. The Tigers are the underdogs. I wouldn't be surprised of an upset. It's just that for me, the Sharks have far too much to play for on the cusp of that eight, Griff. Uh, I do agree, Shane. It is it is the toss of the coin. Um. I've been a little bit disappointed with the Sharks over the last couple of weeks, not uh, not getting the, the result that they needed. Um, I think a few weeks ago when Graham and I looked at who was going to make the uh, last two spots in the eight, I'm actually pretty sure I had the Sharks as one of them at the time. Um, but there were games that I did expect they were going to win um, that they've lost. Uh, I do like what they can do with the ball in hand. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm someone who finds it difficult to tip the West Tigers in a game of rugby league against most teams. Um, but I just I think I'm actually going to tip them this week. They have been winning. Uh, I think they've, they've gone back to back. Uh, we've said even when they weren't playing well, and in fact, in, at times where they were absolutely diabolical, um, that the, the list of players that they had was not a bad list of players on paper. Um, I do, I do have trouble tipping him, but I, I'm going to stick my neck out here, and possibly uh, at the risk of getting it chopped off. But I'm going to go Tigers. The main reason is is that. The Sharks, the six and seven, I'm not convinced that those two guys can steer this team around the park and get the win. Um, while they're, Connor Tracy in particular, I, I like as a player, I don't really like him so much in the number six. Trindle's done some good things, but again, I'm not quite sure that he's the guy that's going to lead them around in the direction they need to go. When, and in, in the you know last few weeks, winnable games, uh, and they 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 weren't able to get them over the line. So uh, they've gone down. I think the last two games, whereas the West Tigers have won the last two. If you go on form, you got to say Tigers, um, which probably means the Sharks will win. But I'm going to stick Tigers here. Um, and, you know, probably find I, I come up wrong. But uh, what do you think, Grant? Uh, I'm going to go Sharks. Um, look, but, you know, wouldn't be surprised how this game turns out. That you got two teams here that are technically, um, you know, in the battle for a top eight spot. You'd usually no, say who's hungrier. Yeah, yeah. Um, Look, the only way I can describe the Tigers from last week is the fact that they they 
they kept their season alive. They're still in a chance of the top eight by beating an awful Cowboys. I feel like the Sharks had to do a bit more, even though they lost to the Knights. They were probably in it a bit more. They had a bit more fight in them. Loser of this is done. I'm going to go Sharks, but geez, you know, this is one that I think will divide a lot of people. Oh, it's 50 50. There's yeah, no doubt I mean, about it. You can't tip any of these teams with confidence. I'm going to go Sharks because I just feel like they might have showed a bit more in their loss last week. Even though the Tigers won last week, I feel like the Cowboys weren't great, so that might have inflated their stock a little bit. Okay, moving on to our next game. We have the 5.30pm uh, game on Saturday at the Gold Coast. The Bulldogs are technically the home team here against the Newcastle Knights. Um, now, in regard to the team news... First of all, we will have a look at the Canterbury Bulldogs. Um, Kyle Flanagan looks to looks set to earn another shot in the side with Bailey um, uh, beyond the Odo moving to the bench. Uh, Marshall King has returned to Sydney for personal reasons, um, with Topine being named to start at hooker this week. As mentioned earlier, Luke Thompson is suspended. Uh, he'll be set to return, which means... Um, has been suspended, I should say. He is set to return with Siamanafungai moving to the bench. For the Newcastle Knights, Daniel Saifidi looks set to miss the next month. That's a massive out for them. Uh, Clem is going to start in the front row as a result with Josh King coming onto the bench. Frizzell, also suspended, will miss a game for a high tackle with Brody Jones coming into the starting site uh, for him. So... A few changes there for both teams. Um, look, Shano, it, it, it's no secret that the Bulldogs have been significantly disappointing. A lot of our talk about the Bulldogs has been about next year. Coming up against the Newcastle Knights team, there's still a chance for this eight. Uh, Nova Castrians will be hoping that that's enough uh, incentive to um, fire up the... Uh, the blue and red team this weekend. Yeah, I agree, Graham. One to seventeen that the the Newcastle Knights, they've just got far too much class across the board. They're playing good football. They're, you know, they're playing I'll I'll retract what I just said. They're playing better football than what um than what the Bulldogs are playing. The Bulldogs like the Bulldogs are just stuck in a hole. Like it's it's just like they just can't get dig themselves out. When you look at it last week, they they seem to, you know, last week was the week where they needed to hold the ball and they couldn't do it. Every other week they hold the ball and do nothing. And now I'm reminded by a um a pass to Ockenball where if he caught it, he was probably in. And and you know, he got hit and and dropped it cold. Um See him on a finale. He, he, him being in the side does does help this team. In saying that, it's the dogs at the moment. They're struggling. It'll be very interesting to see what Kyle Flanagan does. He needs to improve his stock dramatically. Um, when I look at the when I look at Newcastle, they just got far too much to play for. Um, you know, Clifford and Pierce should control the halves. Uh, Ponga, he will be the best player on the field 
on the weekend. You've got man and best in the centres. They're too strong. I've got um, I've got Newcastle, and I'm not locking them in yet, but they were Ooh. my preliminary joker for this week. I, I, I just looked at it and I thought, well, you know, the two centres, halves, they could put a number on here. If Flanagan doesn't show up, if the dogs continue to dish up what they continue to dish up, I can't – dogs aren't going to win. The, the, regardless of who I choose my joker, Newcastle will win this week, Griff. Yeah, um, I actually have already written down Knights as my joker. Um, there you go. Great minds think alike. Yeah, well, you know, we sometimes have success. <laughs> uh, not always. Um Newcastle, too much to play for. Bulldogs, you know, they're, they're going to win the spoon. And, and, uh, Nothing to play for. Well. Really? In comparison, no. It's pride. Um, they're playing for pride. And that's they've been playing for pride for a while, haven't they? Yes. And you've got to say, <laughs> that in most cases, they don't even have that. Like... Um, I, I didn't watch too much of the game last week, um, uh, to be honest, when the Bulldogs played, uh, was it you know, some other team that's not great? But, um, I can't remember who it was. <laughs> last uh, week, the Bulldogs played the Warriors. They played the okay. Warriors, and it All was right. horrendous. Yeah. well, The Warriors course, were not as bad as the Dogs. Guys, the um, Dogs the week could before, finish this year two wins. That's yeah, it. Which is less if they if they don't get another win, then they're actually going backwards. Um, and Dean Pay's probably thinking, well, you know, they probably had uh, you know some some players that I would have liked yep. to have had. I think I could have done a bit more with the likes of a uh, Corey Allen and some of the other yep. guys. That, and you know year. what? That's fair. And they've got fair less call. excuses next year with the the players oh, coming over. Look, if if they if they're in the same position or even anywhere near it next year then the coach will go. Um, but, you know, they, they I do expect them to improve next year. But getting back to this game, uh, Knights have Kalen Ponga. They have Bradman Best. Uh, and they have uh, Mitchell Pierce feeding him the ball along with Clifford. They should score points. I want them to score points because I've got them as my joker for this week. Uh, two big losses out to the forwards for them in, in uh, Daniel Safiti and Frizzell, who was quite good last week. Um, but I still think, you know, they get the job done. Um, they have been in, in, a, in a good vein of form, the Newcastle Knights. And uh, they certainly don't want to slip up in a game against the bottom-ranked team. They've not been known for their consistency, the Knights, over the last few years. But I do think they beat the Bulldogs. And I do think they... I don't think they'll put a huge score on them. But, um, you know, I, I'm thinking maybe between 20 to 26 points. I would uh, think they could get the job done over the Bulldogs. What do you think, Grant? Yeah, you, you got to go with them in this one. Um it's very tough. 
to tip the Bulldogs at the best of times, but you'd think with the Newcastle Knights having a bit to play for here, and I've also talked about in previous weeks um, the fact that they've got some key players back in key positions. Um, Ponga and Best mainly are the players that I think they centre their attack around. Um, I do think that Saifidi is a... Um, is a loss, is a definite loss for them, um, and will have an impact, but also to, um, as I said, with, with Ponga, Best, and even Pierce back in there, if they feel within themselves that they're any shot of making this uh, this eight and being a part of the finals, then uh, these are the games that they have to win. No negotiation, so given that, I will go the Newcastle Knights. Just uh, Sorry, mate. Yeah, just I guess it's a, a tidbit of sorts. Um, Connor Watson Connor Watson's been yeah. very, very good for them. Uh, signing for the Roosters yep. for the next two years and, and on a lower amount of money and for less years than uh, what the Knights' final offer was, apparently. Yeah, the, I, I the found interesting. that interesting. The that original... just goes to show that when he has a belief that when everyone's back, that he's more of a chance with the um, with the Roosters than with the Knights. Yeah. That's not great if you're the Knights. Well, no, it's not. Um, but, you know, he's made a you – know, he doesn't have a manager, which I, I was actually pleased to hear that, that he, he did he did the negotiating himself. Um, of course, he previously was a Rooster, started his mm. career at the Roosters. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's obviously leaving for football related reasons. You know, a lot of guys will go to the highest bidder. Well, he's actually not going to the highest bidder, but he is going to a club where success is expected and, uh, and usually found. So, uh, he, he's going in search of a premiership yeah. that he believes. Yeah. They can a win a premiership with all, all players back on deck. Yeah. The but other it's a big interesting loss one, for Newcastle, big loss. The other interesting one, I know it's a bit random where I'm bringing this up, but just um, you know, news that people may have heard is in regards to Moses and Bai. We haven't really talked about uh, him not being part of the Tigers going forward and uh, and moving off to the Dragons. Yeah, uh, I, Moses and Bai. I heard him talk earlier in the year about himself as being a you know, a marquee player at the club, um, which I guess he is, if you look at the amount of money he's been getting. Uh, and I, did, I didn't read the whole article, but he, he's now saying he's not a marquee player anymore. So um, I, I think I've that's never got, rated him, to be honest. I think um, it's got more to say about where Michael Maguire sees him fitting into the side. And I think for Maguire and the way he's going, and I think for a lot of people... Uh, based on form, he's not a marquee player, regardless of what he's being paid. Yeah. Well, mm. he, he came in under the previous regime. Um, yeah. And the Bulldogs, he was on big money there as well. But I, I, I'm not saying he's a bad player. The guy's played state of origin, but I've, I don't see in him um, a big money player at all. Uh, but, you know, good luck to him. He's going to his, I think, probably third club, um, the Dragons. 
But the Tigers, again, the Dragons are picking up all these guys where their, you know, their previous club are, are, are paying part of the, the money. So there's quite a number of guys in the Dragons lineup for 2022 who uh, a significant part of their income will be paid by another club. So that might be uh, good business on behalf of the Dragons, but uh, it might also indicate that the previous club was actually pretty keen to get rid of him. Yeah. So yeah, uh, look, all the best to him, but um, yeah, going back to that game, you'd have to say, uh, yeah, the Knights get the, the job done in that one. All right, moving on to the 7.35 game on Saturday. We had the Parramatta Eels, who are fighting for a top four position against the North Queensland Cowboys, who, as we said earlier, they're the uh, well, they're the highest ranked of the teams that aren't in contention anymore for a final spot. That's probably the nicest way we can put it. Uh, for the Parramatta Eels, uh, we've talked in length about Ryan Madison and the suspension that he has uh, received. He's facing a few weeks on the sideline after that high tackle on Brad Parker. Uh, Nakore is going to take his spot in the second row. Uh, Kafusi of the Oregon kind um, has been named to return on the bench after his concussion, uh, while uh, Penasini has taken uh, Tom Opacek's spot in the centres. For the North Queensland Cowboys, uh, a few familiar faces are on the reserves list, hoping to break into the top 17 this week, uh, waiting on some great news from the medical staff. Keep your eye on Jason Tamalolo, who's coming back from a hand injury, and also the Hammer, who's had that uh, appendix issue. He had that emergency surgery to remove his appendix a few weeks ago. Given the fact that they're in the reserves list, they're always a chance for a late inclusion. Um, we also have Ruben Cotter now. Welcome uh, back. Welcome back, Ruben Cotter. So they're welcoming back Ruben Cotter from uh, a foot injury. He's been out for a while. He's going to come back on the bench for the Cowboys. We have a team here, guys, who's got a bit to play for another team that doesn't have much to play for. Um, this is one of those games for the Eels, where if they're going to be even considered as a top four chance, um, they should really be doing away with a side like the Cowboys. No, they should. Um, they've they've been absolutely hammered all round by everyone over the last few weeks, and rightly so, um, given. Th- the the terrible performances that they've been putting in last week they were awful uh, the number of drop balls under no pressure um, and it wasn't just one guy it was a number of them uh, their defense was diabolical um, I'd be interested to know how many tackles the moonlight shadow missed. Uh, one of Shane's favourites. He's not <laughs> listed Michael this Oldfield. week, the shadow. He didn't last, um, did he? No. Uh, but, and, you know, Dunster, the previous week, had an awful game. He was in a haze. Um, and so he's back this week. Uh, you think if if the Cowboys have got any hope, they, they just continue to, to go to that side where the out-wide power has been awful. But, 
look, uh, I'm going to tip Parramatta here, um, mainly because they're playing the Cowboys, who who haven't won. They've lost their last eight games ever since the uh, you know Clifford uh, Clifford left town, didn't came in, and they haven't won. Um, you know, it's good to see the Plastic Brothers in the second row there, uh, the Condon and then the Balloon. Uh, so. Yeah, look, the Cowboys, they weren't diabolical last week, but uh, they're a team out of form. And uh, I just think of all the, you know, we've heard about Parramatta and their their problems. If they were to lose this game, well, you'd have to think the coach would be out the door. Uh, at season's end, even though he's got a year to go. Um, They need, as much as anything, they need to improve their confidence. Um, And this is an opportunity for them. They're playing, you know, the team, the bottom three team here, a team that hasn't won in a couple of months. And um, it's an opportunity to get their game together. And particularly, I think, to, to start scoring points. They really want to start getting some confidence with their attack. Um, I, I think they'll win this game. I'm not convinced they're going to win it big, but i got to tip them um, because the Cowboys have just been rubbish for a long time. So, uh, Shano, what do you think about this? I couldn't add any more than what you just said, Griff. Were you disappointed with the shadow last week? <laughs> of course. Moon I think officially he, he missed four tackles. Okay. So, tackles. okay. So I, I did hear lots of criticism about him. Four so, too many. Yeah. Well, I think um, four is, is probably only a shadow of the number that. Yeah, that's true. Some of them you've got actually yeah. attempt to tackle to be credited with a miss, yeah. I think. So yeah, a few interesting stats there. If we're looking at uh, Oldfield, he um he made ten tackles, missed four. Uh, an interesting stat if you're looking at missed tackles, Opacek missed eight last week. So um, that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, there's a bit um, of and but you got Wonga Blake missed four, uh, Moses missed six. Corey missed five. There's some concerns about this uh, Parramatta defence. Obviously, and you know, they they conceded 56 points last week, but uh, that's going to be something that the Cowboys will keep an eye on. And in light of Gutherson and what he wants going forward, very, he's very interesting. Parra's the only I, club that'll give it to him. If you went, I, to, I, if you went to a club like the Roosters... That's a good point, Graham. That's a very yeah. good Parrot point. Yeah, they're the only, only club that would no give, one else would give it to him. Yeah. And you know what? They're the only club desperate enough at the moment that yeah. would do it. Yeah, and I could see what, it happening. What, look, a, a team look, like the Roosters I, I, wouldn't bother with it. Okay. Look, this week, they play the Cowboys. The Cowboys have been ordinary. Uh, they've got their own issues. Um, you know... They're not going to win because Para have more to play for. If Para lose this, well, then it's season over. And I dare say there's got to be a massive shuffling of the decks. A bigger question is going forward is looking at things like this. Why are Parramatta in the position where they feel they've got to pay a player like Gutherson 
overs. Anyway, we're just talking about this week. I really can't add much more to what you said, Griffo. When I look at um, the thing that's going to the thing that's going to affect Parramatta is their middle third defence. It's like Swiss cheese at the moment. There's holes everywhere. The lack of Reed Marnie in the middle will mean that there's space around there. The other thing is there's going to be minimal kicking game. His kicking game out of dummy half really did do some things for Parramatta. And now he's not there. We're seeing the result. They're just not getting the field position. Last week, they were thumped. I'm only tipping them because they've got more to play for in this. In, in, when looking at the final eight. I would not be surprised if they get beaten. I've got power by a whisker and a whisker only, Gray. Hmm. Yeah, look, to be honest with you, both of these teams you could suggest are in the middle of slumps. Um, you look at both teams last week coming off I wouldn't losses. suggest it. I'd agree with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm trying to put a positive spin up because to be honest with you, this just shows where the competition is at. Uh, the Eels got absolutely belted last week by Manly, and the Cowboys were just stumbling and fumbling through that game against the Tigers. The The difference between the teams that are in the eight and out of the eight, I think, is massive. And that's why I think with the Eels this week, not only despite the fact they've got more to play for, I just think they're on a different level. And I know that's going to sound odd, considering they got belted, but... I just think the Cowboys and those teams in the bottom three are so far behind the rest of them. I could see the Eels winning this one by 20. I don't think it's going to be as close. I'm pretty confident that the Eels are going to get this one. I'd actually I'd actually be confident enough to say, yeah, the Eels are going to get this one 13+. Plus. I'd, I'd be confident with the Eels in this one. All right, moving on from that one, we move on to our games on Sunday. The Dragons are going to be hosting the Roosters at Toowoomba. So, oh, uh, Hoffer Stadium. Yes. So we're, we're going to see. Hoffberg. <laughs> we're going to see. Um, yeah, the Dragons technically at home there. They're coming up against the Roosters. Uh, look, in regards to the team news uh, for the Dragons. Um, the bad news for the for the Red V is that Hooker Andrew McCulloch with an ankle injury and Brake Laurie with a hand injury are both set to miss the remainder of the season. So not only this week, but the remainder of the year. That'll see Josh McGuire moving into the Hooker role with Cade Ellis starting at prop. And Tarek Sims is back from suspension this week. He'll start at lock, which also moves Jack DeBellin into prop. Uh, Matt Dufty has earned a recall from Anthony Griffin this week at fullback, which will push Jack Bird to the centres, and Gerard Bill out of the side. Uh, Sullivan comes onto the bench this week with a Monet to start in the halves, and Adam Clune missing out. Um, for the Roosters, Victor Radley we know is suspended. We've talked about that. He's out for three weeks after that dangerous tackle on Albert Kelly going for the charge down last week in desperation. Isaac Liu is likely going to be the person moving to lock. So if you're looking at your team sheets as they were announced on Tuesday, um, yeah, you, you, you'll probably uh, see there that Isaac Liu is going to be the player to move to lock. Maria Hargraves was rested last week against Brisbane. He'll return this week. He'll come straight into the starting side. 
The Broncos uh, were the opposition last week for the Roosters. This week, St. George, some would argue it's a bit of a step up, Griffo, but realistically, if you're the Roosters, you're playing for a top four position. Yet again, it's a game you're expected to win. Yeah. I think it's a game they will win, to be honest. Um, they are way down on strength, the Roosters, no doubt about it. They they do get Hargreaves back this week, which is a big in. He wasn't there last week. I was very impressed with uh, Taukiaho and uh, Isaac Liu, um, who were up front for him. Um, they have got the two class players on the field in, in Tedesco and, and Joey Manu. So there's points there for the Roosters. Um, the Dragons, you mentioned Dufty's back. That's interesting because he's, he's been on the outer. Uh, Jack Bird is, is not a fullback. Um, I think he's in his rightful position there alongside Lomax in the centres. So uh, I think the, the, the back line Amoni, of course, he was very, very good in the short time he was on the field. He he um, set up a try and, and scored an individual try himself. So he was very good against the Panthers in the, the back end of that game. Corey Norman had a well-publicized shocker. Um, but he's there now in the number seven. So um, Clune has been relegated to the reserves and interestingly they also got Jade and Sullivan who's another 5-8 sitting on the interchange bench so um, you mentioned Maguire at, at Hooker I, I think that's that's a bad mistake to be honest mm-hmm. um, you're not getting good service from Josh Maguire he, he's, he's not a hooker I know he's played hooker before but uh yeah, he's not number nine. Um, if I, you know, I would have thought maybe an Adam Clune would, would be a better option in the nine jersey. Um, but, you know, Coach Griffin knows more than I do. Uh, I, I'm not saying that flippantly. He does know more than I do. But, yeah, I, he's done he's done a good job overall, Coach Griffin, with this team to get him into a position where they look like they were going to make the eight until the last few weeks. Um, it's, it's not just being barbecue gate. I don't think they would have won too many of those games, even if all players were on deck. The big loss for these guys is their captain, who's out for the season uh, in Ben Hunt. Um, McCulloch obviously is another loss. I just don't think they've got the talent to beat the Roosters. Um, but I'll be interested to watch this game. I think it, you know, it does offer something. Uh, it, but it's a very different vibe, gentlemen, to when these two teams clash every year on Anzac Day, and no matter where they're mm. positioned on the ladder, Same it's a game, game that everyone yeah. really looks forward to because it Most brings definitely. out the best in them, both teams. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think there's, you know, your average rugby league supporter is, is sitting around thinking, gee, I can't wait till 2 p.m. on Sunday to turn nah. on the TV and see Clive Berghoff's stadium at Toowoomba. 
<laughs> I think you get a free loaf of bread on leaving the ground. Uh, That's right. Uh, at at Berghofer Stadium, because uh, I think you know he's he's got these. He is a, a bread maker. Some of the uh, some of the mixed grain stuff that comes out of there is mm. very good. So maybe um, he should so be on the bench for the Roosters. Well, maybe the, he should. The, the, the well, they've the got the a baker there. Yeah, mm. yeah. They got you know they got one of the, the candlestick maker. Well, <laughs> I, I did see something uh, from from Eagle Dan posted. That was on good. Facebook. We're gonna give him a yeah. shout out for that. I like that one. Yeah. The butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker. Paul on the White bench didn't with... know why he was out of the team. No, but it's, uh, um... anyway, so there's no candlestick maker there this week, but uh, I think there's still enough to light up the roosters with the likes of Manu and Tedesco, and, and I, I see him winning this game, Shane. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Griff. Uh, the roosters will win this game. The... I'm going to shout out to how much of a shambles I think that the St. George Illawarra Dragons are. If they were playing the Broncos this week, you'd probably think about the Broncos for the win. Certainly. And that's the, mm-hmm. that's where they're at. I think this week they are the second worst team in the rugby league, which is why the... Regardless of where the Roosters are at, player-wise, they're going to win. And Griffo, look, I, I can't add much more to what you said. They've, when you start putting people like McGuire in it at hooker, you, you, you're in shambles territory, and, and that's exactly where they're at, Graham. I've got the Roosters yeah. winning wholeheartedly. Yep. Yep, you've got players out of position, like you mentioned, Maguire, untested halves, um, a team struggling against a team who, in the Roosters, have some superstars across the park. We, we've got to remember, this is a team with James Tedesco, arguably the best player in the world at fullback. Sam Walker, we are harsh on him. He's in his first year of rugby league in halfback in a top four team. That's not a easy position to be in. He's been good. They've got a couple of players back, um, notably, obviously, Maria Hargraves. Yeah, Radley's out, but look, it's 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 a quality team um, against a team who's really struggled this year, so uh, I've got to be pretty confident in this one, tipping the Roosters. All right, we move on to our final game of the round. We've got the Broncos coming up against the Warriors. Now, this will be an interesting battle here. It is at Suncorp Stadium. It is a Broncos uh, home game. And if we're looking at the team news, we know that Tyson Gamble is suspended. Uh, He's going to miss two weeks for the crusher tackle. And he's also got a hand injury as well. So, um, yeah, the suspension sort of goes along with the injury. He probably would have been out anyway, even if he wasn't suspended. Very interesting that Rabbitohs bound Anthony Milford will replace him in the starting side. He's going to get an opportunity to uh, show his abilities in what has been dubbed as the Harvest Merry-Go-Round in Brisbane. Uh, Herbie Farnworth was a later mission against the Roosters. He's been named to return this week. And also uh, Xavier Wilson has been ruled out for the remainder of the season with a knee injury. We've got Bullimore replacing him on the bench. For the Warriors... Wateni Zalesniak has been named to return from suspension, which sees Edward Cozzi miss out. Um, 
We also see uh, Jackson Frey has been dropped out of the side this week after making his debut last week. And uh, Tanua Brown named at prop. Look, we're drawing a long bow here, I know, fellas. But um, the Warriors, their top eight contenders, Shano, is that going to be enough? incentive for them coming up against a Brisbane team that knows the season's done? Um, yes, only just. Um, look, the Broncos side, their spine this week it really just hasn't fired whatsoever. If I had to give the Broncos one shining light, Thomas Flegler um, up front, um, has defended hard. He's run the ball. I just look at the Warriors and I look at their spine and it's just got too much class, you know. Um, Reese Walsh last week, the try he scored when the kick was put through, that you know, he just kept chasing and chasing and it, it paid dividends. Uh, Harris DeVita is there as well. Um, their forward pack, they've got something to look. I'll put it in a nutshell, Graham. Uh, a team has something to play for and a team doesn't. And that's why I think the Warriors are going to win. They've got the potential to be able to just grind this game and, and, and suffocate the Broncos. Where the Warriors will, will lose this game is if they continue to give over cheap possession. And the Warriors have this thing where their tackle efficiency at times is so poor. They, they get two and three grabs at a player, and by that time they've gone 10, 10 metres downfield. Um, yeah, I thought last week the Warriors looked solid and, and maybe now that they're playing the, the the Broncos, you think, well, they should emulate that. And the, regardless of what we're talking about, the Warriors should win, Griff. Yeah, I'm not confident. Um, I think it's actually two teams that in the last few weeks have started to show a little bit more. Um, I really thought the when when the Roosters, oh, sorry, when the Broncos kicked that penalty goal um, to go ahead, I thought they would win that game, um, and I did tip them. Cost me obviously, but um, I, I thought they'd you win that. You weren't far game. off. It wasn't. No, I wasn't far off, but uh, and we did say it was. You know, it was. You know, it was a fifty-fifty. Um, good value. I think that was the way we put it as well. Yeah. Look, I, I'm going to single out an incident that really I think cost them that game, and that was Reese Kennedy on the second mm. play after the kickoff from the, the penalty goal where they were up. He just dropped the ball dropped the cold ball. under yeah. no mm. pressure. That that was the call. Anyone blaming they, the referee, go back to that Kennedy drop. All they had to oh, do yeah. was hold for six. Holds yeah. it, they're you done. Know, get yeah. a get a kick in, maybe try and get a, a restart, but if not, and they have just the hold the roosters event. down. You couldn't have yeah. seen the roosters go in the length of the field. Yeah. Um they had I don't the think enough was event. made of that drop ball. Like no, nah, they had the ascendancy, they yeah. should have gone on with it. They should I have won that with. game, but uh, especially because I tipped them, but um, you know, to the Roosters' credit, they won the game. Deserved to because the Broncos made a mistake. 
Um, and they compounded that with the, uh, and I know a lot of people didn't think it was a penalty, uh, Flegler's contact on Tupinua, but I actually thought it was a penalty. Yeah. Clearly, you know, he his yeah, forearm or hand, even though it wasn't a big hit, it did make contact with the head. Yeah, and right. under the Can't rules of the game, that's a penalty every day of the know, week. Do you know what my problem is with that, though? And I need some people to help me out with the ruling here because when this challenge was introduced, the big thing was you are challenging a call that is made on the field. Now, if there's a penalty or a drop ball, you can challenge the call that referee has made. I would like clarification. I'm not going to get it because no one at the NRL is going to listen to me and give it to me specifically as to how a challenge could be made against a call that was not made. They they made a challenge yeah. on a non-call. There was no call to challenge. It was yeah, well, just the, so the happened that the ball was, was dropped. That's why they challenged. I, I thought it was okay, to be honest. No, no, no. Look, I got no, the right call was made. But by the letter of the law, the captain's challenge was brought in to challenge a That's call right. that was made by a referee that was incorrect. There was no call by the referee yeah, in regards great. to a if, high tackle. If, if a call if a call is not made, you can't challenge. So I want to know why they were able to challenge that call. And people say, oh, because there was a knock-on and it was in the play. I understand that there was a knock-on prior to the play of the ball and it was in the same play. I... But the challenge wasn't made against the knock-on. The challenge was made saying, hey, there was a tackle. I can't... The NRL this week, yeah, no, in any game, you cannot play. stop the game yeah. and say, hey, nah. that tackle just then, it was high. They'll go, there's no challenge to cha- There's no call to challenge. That was different. Once, I think that's one that's flown under the radar. Play, it's like the Penrith one a few uh, uh, earlier this year. They go, we're not challenging that. We actually think you got that wrong. We're challenging back up there. Oh, yeah, that's not a challenge. We, that's we not how the that. NRL... Yeah, explained right. that to happen, and, and why, there's been other why, calls where the referee has said you cannot yeah, challenge because there has been why, no call made. And that's it's consistency. A, that's right, and that's why. That's why I thought it was ago, bullshit. There was the issue. Um, they're starting to think for next year that you can only challenge within a within a not a time frame but a distance. So, just say something happened thirty meters up the field and it comes down to a knock-on, and you go, I want to challenge what happened back up there because there's a stoppage in play. They go, no, you can only challenge within the last five minutes. Well, at the the moment, it's within the play, so it's got to be since the last play of the ball. And I'll give an example for people that go, hang on, Graham, you got it wrong. This is the reason why players have to lie down when they get hit high. If they get hit high and they can challenge a non-call, the captain can walk over and go, hey, we want to challenge that. He got hit high. That's effectively what happened the other day. Whereas players have to lay down and they have to go, hang yeah. on, time off, we've got to look at it. So there's a call to challenge. You can't just get up. Like, say, for example, I get hit high. I can't get up and go, hey, captain, come over here. We're challenging that. The referee will go, there's no call to challenge. That's where the inconsistency held the other day. Yeah. Do I think that's well, bullshit because yeah. of the inconsistency? Yes. Do I have a problem? No, because the right call was made. It's just consistent. The right cause, mate. That's yes. Well, it's like that one where it was the forward it, pass. It's policy on the run, though. I oh, was it manly in the manly game. Wait, a manly was it manly? Um, para way back when with that forward pass. 
They challenged and they said, oh, it was a knock-on, no forward pass. Oh, I know oh, what you're yeah, talking yeah, about. I don't know yeah, if yeah. it was a manly parry, but I do remember yeah. the incident. Yeah. Where yeah all they, of a sudden, we're ruling on forward like, passes because yeah, we saw the knock-on. A blatant forward like pass anyway. was missed. They don't even and, uh, know what the hell they're doing. How the anyway, fans supposed to pick up? What they they got let's it talk about Look, it's all irrelevant. Um, I'm going to run with the Warriors, by the way. I'm going Broncos. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? I don't know. Um, I think they were improved last week. I can say that. Uh, and to be honest with you, if they, you know, look, they were very close to beating the Roosters, despite the fact the Roosters had a couple out, I think that's going to count for something. I need to catch up a few points in the tipping comp. I'm going Brisbane. Cool. All right, fellas. That's a week preview. There's plenty happening. <laughs> yep. Always. Sure. Always. No shortage of footy to talk about this week. Um, obviously, we're not going to recap anything. It's very obvious from not only two South fans and a Penrith fan that the Rabbitohs Panthers game this week is going to be the game to watch. But as we said, given the ladder, there's plenty for most teams to keep an eye on. And um, look, finals isn't far away. We can smell it. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to the end of the season and uh, and the finals approaching very, very soon. Well, it's definitely can't wait. No, I can't wait either. Thanks for having us on board, guys. We really enjoyed you being with us. Um, we look forward to the footy this week. It's Thank be you, a listeners. See you next. We'll hear you next week and uh, enjoy the footy. Yeah. Bye bye. Thanks, fellas. Had a ball. Enjoy the footy, everyone. Keep safe.